This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is finally upon us. Yes, indeed. The eve of the spring training opener baseball season. Hello and welcome into Gwen and Chris. Chris, hello. Tony Gwynn Jr., his final day in San Diego before he heads out to Peoria to join the Padres, and he'll be on the call with Jesse Agler tomorrow afternoon when the Padres begin spring training play against the hated Dodgers. Matt Scraby's alongside as we kick off another four hours of Gwyn and Chris here on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. Also enjoy on YouTube and uh, just a search for 97.3 The Fan on YouTube. You can watch the program as we roll along here between now and 6 o'clock. And uh, Tony, uh, you know, I know it's... Uh, yes. It's a little bit uh, with uh, mixed emotions, you know, that you leave town and get ready uh, to get into another baseball season. It seems like you just finished up the last one. It does indeed feel, right? feel like we just finished up the last one. Nonetheless, I am uh, excited for sure the 2024 season. Not excited about this drive that I have to make uh, tomorrow morning, but <laughs> well, like we said, I'm a little bit, you know, I love the Padres. I love the organization. I love the Eric's. But come on, guys, you're dealing with Tony Gwynn Jr. here. And, uh, you know, Scraby and I think a private plane ought to be waiting for you at Brown Field <laughs> yeah, tomorrow no, that, morning. That would uh, be lovely. But, I know. Uh, uh, unrealistic. Unrealistic, yeah, he says. Sure. He's got to make the drive, uh, just like all the other players Indeed. do, Indeed. on down to Peoria. And, uh, yeah, first game tomorrow at noon right here on 97.3 The Fan. You can listen to the game. We will be on after the game tomorrow. So uh, we'll be able to break down spring training game number one. I don't believe Otani is going to play he tomorrow. But... The uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, apparently, Tony, are going to trot out all of their their new found riches. Minus Otani. Well, not tomorrow, but I'm talking about a month from now oh, when yeah, you yeah, guys yeah, yeah. are in Korea. Yeah. Uh, Dave Roberts announcing today that uh, it looks like we will get to see 
The Yamamoto. newly signed Tyler Glass now. Right. And the uh, other newly signed and richer Yoshinobu <laughs> Yamamoto. Now they we all- are the two that Dave Roberts says are likely to make the starts for the Dodgers much like in the, the two games against the Padres in Korea. Much like the Padres, we don't know the order in which those two will go. But right? nonetheless, uh, I mean, I, I don't know that anybody should be surprised by this. They went out and spent... Uh, almost, oh no, over a bi- about billion dollars, isn't it? About a billion dollars. Over a billion, over dollars. A billion dollars. These right? two guys alone, Glass now and Yamamoto, and this doesn't even include Shohei Otani, but Glass now and Yamamoto, the two pitchers that will face the Padres in the Korea openers, combined salaries, total combined yep. salaries, 491 Point six million dollars. Don't you dare forget about the point. Can't six. forget about the point six. So, no. Padres are going to be facing some expensive arms when they get to Korea, and I say, bring it on. We'll uh, we'll go with the uh, underpaid duo of Joe Musgrove and you, Darvish. <laughs> underpaid compared to those guys. I think but, you're uh, you're mispronouncing. Yamamoto's name. His I first, am. First name? No, mean? no. His first name is Sai, and his last name is Young, according to the media, because he is. Oh, he's already labeled. won that award. He is being labeled as like Scraby. the best pitcher that we've ever seen, <laughs> and he's never thrown a major league pitch. I was really lost there. I did see it in your face. Like, You're like, wait, what? what? <laughs> his actual? Did he change his name to Sai Young? I see. What well, you did there, speaking huh? of the real Sai Young, Blake Snell still isn't pitching anywhere. But Yamamoto's got his three hundred and twenty-five million bucks in the bank, or he will soon have. And so, uh, yeah, Dodgers Padres tomorrow to kick off spring training. Dodgers Padres. It's actually a less than a month from right now. It'll be three in the morning, a.m. three a.m. Pacific time on March the twentieth, when uh, the actual season opener will undergo. But you know what? I mean, just getting the. Just getting the potential pitching matchups, Tony, you know, that just gets you excited. I mean, that's like real baseball, real games. They matter, and we already kind of know what it's going to look like. So it's, yeah. it's it's getting to be kind of exciting right now. No, this is, um, I mean, it, it, it start the game, first set of games, these these spring training games, are the first indication that, you know, it's it's becoming real. Right. Right, and then, you know, we'll, we'll do a couple weeks of this, and then everybody's like, all right. Let's play the real thing, and then you know that comes, and it just it all starts to happen really fast once the games come because we'll be doing this every day, right? You be there'll be a game every day, every day with the exception of maybe a couple off days in, in the process of there of this. Uh, so yeah, man, this is uh, I think the Padres they're in a good place, good spot. Well, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really a thrill. I, I know for you. And the people that are going to Korea because, I mean, not only is it Dodgers, Padres, and it's the opening of the Major League Baseball season, but you've got Hassan Kim. You got, you know, Mr. Go, our reliever from Korea. But bigger than that, I think, is the fact that Otani and Yamamoto, although from Japan, uh, have major followings in South Korea. I, and these fans are going to be, and you got Darvish, and these fans are going to be going crazy over yeah. there. I mean, it, the the it should really be electric. I, I can't imagine it not being absolute chaos. Chaos I, I, is I, I that can't. what you're looking for? I, I, I mean, similar to what 
probably on a whole nother scale than when we went to Mexico City last year. That was, I mean, really? the crowds were. Yeah, see, I didn't get that translated here so much. Oh. I mean, I could tell the fans were having fun, but nah, it was... I don't think we really got the full, you know, yeah, maybe, feel maybe of the, the chaos. Yeah, maybe the TV didn't do it justice. It definitely was uh, was yeah. an electric crowd there for, for both of those games. Well, uh, just to speak to your uh, Cy Young comment about Yamamoto, I mean, you got to give the guy a little credit, Scraby. He won not just the MVP in Japan last year and the year before, but also the year before that. Back to back to back. He's been the MVP MVPs. three years in a row. His resume is strong, but has he <laughs> strong ever? Or quite strong, actually. Has he ever pitched? His resume one is regular strong, season pitch in Major League Baseball. No, he hasn't. He hasn't, but no. he is coming from Japan. I know. And I'm trying to play it down a little you know, bit. I, I think you're well within uh, the range there in terms of the Cy Young being handed out to him right now. Yeah, people There's, are talking about there, it, there, for sure. There are a lot of good pitchers in Major League Baseball, and uh, I imagine he'll have his string of success, but he'll he'll, he'll encounter some, some bumps there as well. I have a real quick announcement. I'm being asked in many places, are we carrying the games or the game tomorrow? Yes, we The answer are. is yes. It will be right here on 97.3 The Fans starting around noon. Yes, yeah, so right at noon tomorrow. My are day. we carrying the Korea games at 3 a.m.? Of course. Yes, we are. Frank is going to be in here. All baseball. All baseball All Padre games. baseball. Regular season. Right here. Yes. 97.3 Yes. The, the Fan. fan. Yes. And thank goodness Major League Baseball is not streaming those two games. <laughs> so... You can actually Be set careful. your DVR. I don't know, and you can watch the game at your leisure. Oh, you don't it's have to. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to be up at three in the morning. You can DVR it, get up at five or six when you normally wake up, and enjoy the uh, enjoy the. Or you can watch it live. I know some people, many people, will set their alarms for three in the morning to watch those games live. I will not. I will. Uh, you know, get up when I get up, and I, and I watch the games. But uh, yes, uh, Major League Baseball is upon us. Uh, you know, we've talked about it at length. The Padres, you know, kind of on the eve of spring training, and you know, they still got three. I don't want to say gaping, but certainly glaring omissions in their you know potential everyday lineup. You know, who's going to be the DH? Who's going to be in center field? Who's going to be a third? Can't go. And I think we'll get answers. To I know we'll get answers to those questions in the next few weeks. And I think that it makes spring training this year, although there was a lot of anticipation last year. It was boring. It was boring, it was right? There was nothing boring. going on. No. I mean, every spot was already determined last Not year. Not only that, the the guys that you probably wanted to see often were off they in weren't the even World, playing. World Baseball Classic. And then, oh, that's right. And then Joe yeah. got hurt. And then so you you go, you, oh, it was, and as you said, had they all been there? It would have been likely the same thing because you're trying to, you know, preserve guys, try to get them to hit their stride wide as, right as they're going into the season. There was no open spots except in the bullpen, right? That's all we were looking at last right? year was who was going to fill out the rest of the bullpen. This year uh, in spring training, I mean, other than Musgrove and Darvish and probably Michael King, but as you know, Rotation anytime spots, yeah. anytime anybody other than those two guys goes to the mound, there's going to be something at stake, and that includes the back end of the bullpen. Yeah. Where Suarez right. and Matsui and Go 
are going to be pitching lights out or as well as they can in spring to show you know what they're going to bring. So just, just it should so, be a lot more entertaining. I just trying to start good habits right now. It's who suck go right. Who suck go? Who suck go? Yeah, Mister Go. Mister Go. I got to break myself out of Mr. Go. Yeah, I know you won't be able to call him Mister Go. I will be able to call him Mister Go. I might be able to use that in the call. I told you my problem from the very beginning is that the middle part of the name is suck, and I think he should change it to suck. I don't know why you're you you're so fixated on something that he obviously does not care about. How do you know he doesn't care about it? Because he introduced himself as Usako. How do you know that he introduced himself as such, but he doesn't care, but he doesn't like it? Um, Wait till the the fans in Philadelphia get a hold of that. Apparently the broadcast for Just looking out for the guy, Scrape. I don't think he needs you to look out for him is all I'm trying to say. Well, he might. He's coming to this country for the first time. I'm trying to help him out a little bit. That's Uh, all. I feel like there is an issue with maybe ESPN cannot air the games on TV. That's what I'm seeing in the chat. Do we know anything about that, guys? What are you talking guys? about? The, in Korea. The Korea games. Why they, wouldn't they be able Because to there's a local, local team involved? Yeah, local team. You can't see it on ESPN, but no, we'll, we'll figure out this Korea? out. No, here. In San Diego. Oh, what he's saying is the two games that are on ESPN in Korea will not be, they will be blacked out on ESPN. According to uh, several people in the chat, not me. According to people in the chat. I don't know. Well, we've got a month to sort all yeah, that. And you know what? We got some time. My favorite question from people out there is about TV operations because I work in Pod- for Padres Radio, so I don't know anything about the TV operations. <laughs> How do you not know, Scraby? <laughs> I, I probably should. Yes, you're supposed to know all of that stuff. All right, we are underway. we got a good one uh, for you on this uh, Wednesday. As always, uh, we're going to talk and get into the Aztec game last night. They wow. got beat at Utah State. Uh, you know, they, they just I guess it wasn't meant to be, nope. you know, for them to win one of these big games on the road. Uh, there's still, you know, a lot of basketball left and a chance to still win this Mountain West Conference title, but a disappointing loss. Mark Ziegler is uh, still there in Logan, Utah, and uh, he will join us in a little while to help break down last night's disappointment. Uh, so that is coming up in the first hour of the program. The second hour, among other things, will include a sports court today, fast becoming one of our most popular segments on the program We'll get into uh, Chris versus the fans and uh, the Big Five and all the rest of it. And uh, Eric Hosmer today announced his retirement. Tony and I will have something to say about that a little bit later on. But for now, we're just uh, cruising into the uh, early stages of the program. We're glad you're with us. Gwen and Chris, it's San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. 2.20 on the clock. Got a long day ahead of me. We'll head out in the morning. To get to uh, Arizona in time to do the broadcast for the first spring training game. Yeah, Braden Soprano had a very good idea. Well, I don't know if you're going to be able to follow it. When was, oh, yeah, no. He, you know, Part of the reason why I'm staying here is to see uh, my daughter and her high school in action tonight for yes, CIFC. They're my playing final out game. at Granite Hills High School, which is actually for you. It's on the way. About halfway to Arizona because <laughs> it's way out in the East County tonight. It but, is. Uh, yeah, you've got to go home, see everybody, go home. and then right. re, uh, re-group tomorrow morning and head out. Good luck to uh, Michaela and the Mount Carmel Sun Devils tonight. I did a, uh, I did a basketball playoff game last night, a girls game, and uh, it was uh, Santa Fe Christian 
against High Tech High. I mentioned this to you before, uh, Tony. Yeah. Santa Fe Christian wins the game. Young lady on the Santa Has Fe Has a number Christian. six seed, too, right? Yes. Six over a two. Yes, they were the six seed, so I wasn't really expecting. You know, you never know what's going to happen, but you, you kind of go in with some preconceived notions. Young lady on Santa Fe Christian started making three-point shots, like from everywhere. And I don't know you know, how many she had in the first half, but I thought, all right, they're going to have to cover her in the second half. They covered her in the second half. Didn't she still kept making them. And they end up winning the game. I asked the coaches after the game, how many did she make? 13 threes wow. in one high school basketball game for this young lady last night. My goodness. And uh, she led them to a victory. And, of course, then I watched the Aztecs game when yeah. I got home. The Aztecs couldn't make a three-pointer to save their lives no. last night at Utah State. It was so. uh, it was a, a disappointing uh, performance, I guess. It was. You know, it, it, to me, it was less about the Aztecs, Aztecs missing shots as opposed to not stopping Utah from making shots. I mean, they shot... Uh, they shot the ball well uh, in yesterday's game at, yeah. for the field. Shot fifty percent in the first half, just underneath that. That is so unusual. Yeah, for uh, to up against any Aztec team in, that I can remember, you shooting close to fifty percent in both halves. Yeah, there. Uh, this game was it was pretty. You know, it was just one of those struggles, right? Nobody yeah. could get a, a lot going on offense, and to me. It was going to come down to which team could find somebody, anybody, to make a three-point shot and kind of break the game open. And Utah State found the guy. Yep. I mean, uh, the guard, uh, Darius Brown the second hit five threes. Yeah. And most big, of them were in the – and they were all one, a, a killers. Big, a big one, like under a minute yes, and 30. Yes, they were all crushers. He, so he makes five threes. The rest of their team only made two. And the Aztecs shot three of 19. So there was one guy in the building last night that could make a three, and it was on Utah State, and yeah. that's why they won. Um, the backbreaker was the what two different offensive rebounds they got, and they kicked it out to Brown for that. Out for that crusher. That was, that was the that was the one that put the nail made in it the about coffin. a six point game. I mean, the Aztecs, as they always do, they made it a game. He fell behind by ten. You know, this is, seems like to be the automatic for them, and then they came back. Right, they were down by only one. With four minutes to go, and then they didn't score another basket. Yeah. And, you know, I we talked about this yesterday. I have, These are college kids. I'm not going to sit here and be critical of college kids. But I can tell you that Lamont Butler wishes he had that game back. It yeah. just was not his night. I mean, anytime a guy of his ability, Tony, no points, no assists, and three, three turnovers. turnovers yeah. It just didn't work for Lamont Butler last night. Micah Parrish only made one out of seven. And Ladee, he 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 willed his way he had to, earn to 23 those points and six rebounds. And Mark Ziegler even referred to, we'll ask him when we have him on here, but Ladee did not look 100% last night. I, I don't know if it was the altitude. I don't know if he's a little under the weather. But he just didn't look his real self last night. And he still found a way to keep them in the game. But, um, yeah, the Aztecs are going to, you know, they lose five games in the conference, and they're against the other five teams that are probably going to all be in the NCAA tournament. They just couldn't beat any of them, even though they were close and really had a chance to win any of those games. just didn't happen. Yeah, so. no, it wasn't, uh, it, as you said, 
they need it. They need it something from you know from, from some, the perimeter. From just yeah, from yeah. just one other guy that they think it have got some. I know Waters had eleven, but they just needed another bucket or two. I mean, you you bring up uh, Lamont who just. Did you say he just couldn't get it going yesterday? He's, no. He, he seemed to struggle a little bit. I mean, he's just the greatest player. And, I mean, everybody has a night. This is I, – I know I'm comparing Lamont Butler to LeBron James, and I shouldn't. But this is why LeBron James's streak of 19 years in a row in double figures amazes me. Because every basketball player should have one off night like Lamont had last night. LeBron James never does. No. But, uh, yeah, it was just a tough night for Butler and – you know they're still right there. You know with a chance to win the that's game. A, that's that's a, what I like about this team. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna be in contention, but you know they're gonna get into these tournament games. And last year they won them all when it was close down the stretch. The other thing to keep and in, they got to find a way this year. The other thing to keep in mind is they still have a chance to to win this conference. It's not gonna yes, be do. as easy as it could have been had they won because then they would have owned the tiebreaker. They, right. they would have swept that series, but. There's gonna there's gonna be it, what about four teams? It seems they're like? all pretty much pretty together. much in the, the they're same all spot. together. It's gonna it's now it's probably gonna come down to a bunch of tiebreakers, yeah, and just how those tiebreakers fall. The Aztecs have four games left in the conference. Uh, you're at Fresno State this Saturday night. You don't like to chalk up a win before the game, but you're gonna be heavily favored in that game. You've got uh, you know you're at UNLV. And that team is, you know, really Jekyll and Hyde. So hopefully you'll catch them on an off night. You also finish at home with Boise State. So there's some challenging games left. But I think the Aztecs will be favored in all four games. And if they hold serve... How many on the road? Two on the road, two at home. Okay. And if they hold serve, you know, they're going to go 13-5 and five in one of the best conferences in the country. And they're going to go 24-7 and seven overall. And frankly, Tony... As disappointed as I'm today, I would have signed up for that at the beginning of the 100%. season after you lose five star players from a year ago. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question you would take right? the spot that they're in, especially when you consider how strong the conference is. Yeah. That's part that is a big reason why their record looks the way it is. It's not because of what happened outside of the conference. It's everybody beating up each other. Um, in conference. And so yeah. that's what makes this year unique to me is that the conference is actually as much as we give the AP and the coaches poll a lot of, you know, hell about it. <laughs> they they actually are giving this conference at least how it's being spoke about spoken of right now. They're giving this conference the type of love that it deserves. I guess ultimately we'll find out how true that is when they when they actually reveal who's in, who's out. But yeah. I, I think this is what makes this year a little bit unique. We should also mention last night as the Aztecs lose another game on the road. And every time they lose one, you know, the bandwagon gets a little lighter, right? People cool. jump off. Yeah, oh, they're better, not going to get it done. Better seats for us. Better seats for us. But also know this. Last night, number one UConn. A they team got, that hasn't lost to anybody. We just finished saying this yesterday, too. They got boat they raced. They got drubbed. By 19 at Creighton last night. And Creighton's ranked 15th. I saw someone tweet today, UConn, this is about as good a program as there is in America, has now lost 19 consecutive road games against ranked teams. Really? Going Would back not have like, guessed that. Going back like 10 years. Wow. So and they're the national champs. The point being, 
That's how hard it is to win on the road yeah. in college basketball, especially this year with teams so evenly matched. So, you know, look, try to keep it in perspective. It was disappointing for sure. But yeah. Aztecs go down 68-63. Um, they'll uh, look to get things back on the right track in this next ball game. It was they play uh Saturday. Saturday at Fresno State. So yeah. Uh we'll see. Another road game, which is always, you know, still you know, you gotta They're at Fresno at UNLV. Uh, the, I I can look at the re- their their last four games and I don't have the order, but it's at Fresno's the next game. They also play at UNLV. They are at home against I think San Jose State and then home against Boise State. But I don't know if it's in that exact order. But those are the last four games. All right. Uh, Let's get to break. When we come back, Mark Ziegler, still in Logan. Talk a little bit more about this aspect. If you've ever been to Logan, you can understand why the guy would want to stay over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about this Aztec game, their positioning as they head into March. More Green and Chris on the way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Somebody uh, on the chat trying to uh, compare me to Scraby and call me the bearer of misinformation. Yes, I don't, they did. How did this turn into me? You were the one well, who because delivered you are the you official. Took, you took delight in it, too. You are the official yeah, bearer. Of I did. Did I say it with a smile? Yes, you kind of did. You were so excited that I might have gotten something wrong. I, uh, I mentioned a tweet that said UConn has now lost 19 consecutive road games to ranked opponents. Somebody said, oh, they won at Texas. When Texas was number fifteen earlier this year, so I, you know, took it under advisement, looked up the game. No, Google they did search. not win at Texas. The no. game was uh, a uh, neutral site game. Yes. Well, played at Madison Square Garden. Technically, no, there's no technically. There is an away team and there is a home there's team. No so, if I'm looking at a box score, I'm trying to find this game. But if I'm looking at a box score and I see, if I just take it for face value, it says ah. But that is the problem with Google searching. Is they also gotta... won a game UConn this year at number ten Gonzaga. However, that game was not played at Gonzaga. It was neutral played site. in Seattle, right. which is considered a neutral site. But are neutral sites 
considered away games for the away team. It doesn't no, matter. It does not. matter. It they're not. I'll be honest with you. They're not. They 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 give you three sets of statistics in your media packet. Uh, one is their uh, statistics at home, statistics away, and statistics at neutral sites. Will I? Uh, Those games for UConn are considered neutral site games. Have you? Are you going to provide me with these statistics because I can't find? They're them. pretty simple to find. I haven't looked for it yet, and I'm going to go ahead and look Can we ask Mark Ziegler about it? Is yeah, he, is of course he ready? we can. No, I'm going to call him right oh, now, though. Okay. Of course we can ask Mark Ziegler because he's a man that is in the know, and um, I'm certain that his answer will be that. Uh, now, had they played the game last night, let's say in Salt Lake City, then that it would have been, been a neutral, neutral site. site loss. Yes. But instead, it's a but road they're still loss. Away. It's a they're different. not. You're Anywhere getting caught up home. in who both teams are away, away. Scrape. Right. Not both teams no, are away. You know, you know Utah what? State is home because they're no. playing in their own state. No. Their name not. is Utah State. <laughs> they're well, in well, the state of Utah. When Connecticut played Texas, the game was in New York. So, so who's, your whose there, home buddy? state is that? That would be. Ah, that's going to put a little wrinkle yeah, in your yeah, argument, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I do appreciate yeah. that. Whenever Chris gets, you know, Chris will go. For the rest of time, trying to prove he's right. <laughs> yes, he Why, when, I, when I'm right and he's trying to prove I'm wrong, he will do anything in yeah, his anything. power to make me look. So it sounds like pretty good consistency. It normally there. doesn't take a whole lot for me to prove that you're wrong. But it's not you're like also a not deep realizing search. that neutral sites are away for something. I can't with you, dude. If oh you don't knock it off, please, please, please call Please call Your argument is... I'm going to tell him before that he needs to <laughs> side please, with me. Please he's not call going Mark. to. He was, he's not going to. I mean, to. he cares about his reputation. Of, you know, He doesn't want to just come on here and be like, yes, I'm going to agree with you, Scraby. I mean, I'm not even going to waste his time with this question. It's not even <laughs> worth, worth asking him. I you mean, a neutral site game is exactly that. A neutral site game. But thank you to the chat for trying to point out that I was the bearer of misinformation, I was not. Not this time. I certainly will you know, be it's, it's again, I but not had, this time. You see, you wanted Chris to to locate the exact uh, box score. I found it a couple, just a couple searches. Yeah, just typed in UConn schedule, went back, found Texas Longhorns. What do you know? The arena says Madison. That's right. Yeah, that is a neutral. So, I mean, site. that's where they played the game. But it that's mean- in New York. That's clearly not in. Austin, and it's clearly not wherever UConn is. I don't know the city. Stores, Connecticut. Stores, Connecticut. For those keeping track. Buddy. For those keeping track. All right, Mark Ziegler set to join us here as we uh, look back. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Scraby's trying to butter him up on the phone here. All I said was to have a very important question for you. It's not important. It's a waste. Hi, Mark. How are you today, sir? Hello, Mark. What's the important question? It's really not. <laughs> Scraby thinks that a neutral site game in college basketball is an away game for at least one of the teams. Like, he thinks no. that when UConn played Gonzaga in Seattle, that should be called a road game, not a neutral site. Well, he has a point. It's actually an interesting discussion, but no, it counts as a neutral. But one of the things that's changed uh, in that regard is it used to be when you got to the conference tournament uh, and UNLV was playing in the conference tournament, they'd call that a neutral site game for San Diego State, even though you're playing basically in their building, even though the floor is not the same and the event is supposed to be a neutral venue. They changed it, so now it's a neutral. 
it's a it's a road game for San Diego State and a home game for UNLV right. in the well, metrics. The reason this came up is because somebody tweeted the fact that UConn has now lost 19 games on the road in a row to ranked opponents after losing at Creighton last night. And somebody said, well, they lost at Gonzaga. And I said no, they, they lost to Texas. Yeah, they also this. said they lost to Texas, which was clearly a neutral side game. It was played at Madison Square Garden. The point being is it's tough to win on the road. And the Aztecs, of course, uh, learned that lesson again. <laughs> Can't last do it. <laughs> yeah, they learned it again last night for sure. Mark, I guess my first question is, you know, you wrote up this weekend how the Aztecs are, you know, were, were uh, ranked number four by the uh, committee. Uh, they would get a four seed had the tournament started today, and you you know you went into great detail about how those seedings normally hold. Uh, do you feel that the seeding holds despite the loss last night? I think so, and the reason is they were 14th overall, um, not 16th, and so that that gives them a two team cushion to falling out of the four seed line to the five seed line, and I think a, a, a quad one win on the road where they were not favored is not going to hurt him that much. It'll maybe hurt him a little bit. But like Joe Lenardi, who, you know, puts out daily um, uh, bracketology this time of year, he had them as the 16th team overall. Uh, and so that means they dropped two spots, but they're still a four seed. Now, I think what it did do is their margin of error is gone. Right. So uh, if you're going to lose again, it better be to a really good team, and you better not be favored. And that's going to be hard to do the rest of the way. Now, if they get into the conference tournament, they get to the semis, the finals. I think the committee's pretty much got the, the, you know, the one through four seats done, and they're worried about the 11s and 10s and that type of thing. So, if they get to the semifinals of the conference tournament without a loss, I think they're okay. Um, but they can't lose any of these next four. They just cannot lose any of them because none of them are quad one wins. And even though, you know, they always struggle at Fresno State on the road, and UNLV is going to be really, really hard. Uh, I think they have to win them. Yeah. Yeah, it would seem so. I mean, you kind of hit on it a little bit, Mark. The Aztecs have just struggled in the conference on the road. They just have not been able to get over the hump. I mean, you've been at all of these games. Is there a reoccurring theme in in these losses on the road? Oh, every single time it's the same thing. They're close in the second half, and that's the encouraging thing. They're not getting blown out. Even in the game at, at New Mexico, they lost by 18. You know, people forget that was a one-point game yeah. midway through the second half. They were up 12 in the first half. They play well enough to win in these games, but the problem is when they when they get uh, into crunch time or they get it close, four minutes to go last night, down one, come all the way back, all the momentum on their side, making all the plays, all of a sudden they just can't make a play. And it's a turnover or it's back-to-back turnovers or, it's, you know, at, at Nevada it was back-to-back offensive rebounds again last night. Two, two possessions in a row where they gave up offensive rebounds that turned into five total points. I mean, those are just killers. And they're not making plays at the other end. They're not making shots. And it's just in those stretches of the game. It's not the rest of the game. It's with five minutes to go, seven minutes to go, three minutes to go, whatever it is. At Nevada, it was the final minute. And in the crucial part of the game, they're just not making plays. And that's just I, I don't know what it is. It's just this this little flaw in this team. And, and uh, it's just it's like if they played 100 more road games and sold out arenas at altitude, I think they'd lose all 100. I mean, in the same way. It's just that's who they are this season. But now in neutral courts and at home, they're undefeated. Yeah, and that's what you brought up in the article. I mean, when you get into the – other than the conference tournament being at Las Vegas, you know, pretty much everything postseason is always a neutral site game. 
and they seem to find a way there. Uh, so they, you know, that is something they can take with them. Was Jaden and Ladie a hundred percent healthy last night, Mark? He didn't look right. Came out of the game very early in each half, which I understand because of the altitude. But I mean, he seemed he willed his way to twenty three points last night. Yeah, you know, I asked Brian Dutcher about that. He did not indicate there were any kind of any kind of illness, anything along those lines. Um, he, um, I think, you know, sometimes with these guys, the altitude just gets to him. And I think it did last night. You know, maybe a little bit tired. Maybe he didn't get a good night's sleep. Um, but uh, he definitely was laboring. There was no doubt about it. I noticed it the first couple plays down the floor, trying to run down defense. You know, they'll, they'll come back on defense and they'll be, you know, getting ready for the half-court set. And he's just gasping for air. And then he just sucks it up and plays. That said, I mean, he was incredible last night. And if if it wasn't for him, they would have they would have gotten blown out. Um, he didn't get any help other than you know a couple guys off the bench. But from the rest of the starters, he, they gave him nothing. Mark Ziegler joins us here, Union Tribune, and, and Mark, you know the thing. I, I look at the stat sheet, and it's very rare that I see a team shoot fifty percent in one half and close to that in the second half. Was that more of a, a, a you know? Utah State hitting tough shots, or or was the defense a, a little sl- a step behind last night? Well, it's always a step behind in altitude. I mean, I, I you know, if you don't tell me where they're playing and just show it to me, I can tell you immediately if they're in altitude or not. Mm. Um, it's just, it's not that guys are keeled over, gasping for air. It's just, it looks like they're running in, in sand. Uh, and that's just how it is and usually by this point of the season they've gotten used to it and they're a little bit better this team for whatever reason has not made the same strides that other teams have late in the season you know playing multiple multiple games in in altitude um and so i think that was part of it uh utah state's not a great three-point shooting team but you know they were great in their own building last night and defensively you know let them take some threes i think that was part of the game plan they went under a lot of ball screens uh, Darius Brown hit a couple, um, or hit more than a couple, um, and he's usually not that type of shooter. So uh, I think it was a little bit of both, but it definitely was the difference in the game. Mark, uh, Lamont Butler, I mean, he's everybody's all-time favorite guy, and he's always going to be everybody's all-time favorite guy. They'll never be able to take away what he did. But how does he have a game like he did last night? It just didn't go his way. I mean, goose eggs in points and assists. I mean, to me, I don't think we'll ever see another game like that from Lamont Butler. It just, it just for whatever reason, didn't work. Did they take him out, or did he take himself out of it? They took him out. Um, I think, you know, I think they just realized he wasn't doing anything. I think it's hugely, hugely frustrating, if we're being candid, for a guy who's a senior to be that inconsistent. And, and what's really, and we talked about this a little bit before, what's really bizarre about this team is you have such – wild inconsistencies among individual efforts. Um, you know, some guys like Lamont will have a game where he'll score in the 20s, and then he'll have a game like he did last night where he just completely disappears. And that's just not him. That's everybody except Jalen uh, D. I mean, he he's pretty much gives you what he can every night, and I think the refs kind of move him up or down in terms of scoring, uh, depending on how they're calling the game. But he, he he's consistent. The rest of them are not. Yet the team is consistent. Yeah. The team's really good at home. Pretty good in neutral floors and really bad on the road. And and that's what's just kind of bizarre about this team. But yeah, that was 
you know, that's something that maybe you expect from a freshman, maybe from a sophomore who hasn't played that much. Um, you're going to be have inconsistent moments. But for a fourth-year senior um, who's had really good games at, at Utah State, in fact, his breakout as a freshman was there when he had, I think, five steals in a game. Um, and so he had good vibes in the building, but I, I just don't know what happened. And, again, maybe it was a little bit of the altitude. Um, who knows what it was, but it, he, did, he wasn't there. It's certainly a, a interesting way to see it, right? The individual performances inconsistent, but the team very consistent. And maybe that's why they have struggled on the road is because you kind of need those things to happen for you on the road. Mark, I, there was a lot of talk on the on, on the broadcast last night about, and obviously they highlighted um, the f- five teams that currently sit well as it pertains to the tournament. But there is a six team. You mentioned UNLV that could be lurking. I mean, is there? can you envision a scenario in which six teams actually get in to this conference, into this tournament? Yeah. I mean, it, as crazy as that sounds, there's yeah. certainly that's, that's in play. And, and here's the scenario that no one's really talking about, but okay, let's, you know, he does not have the metrics to get in as an at large. So it's the other six teams that would, but what happens if UNLV on its home floor finally puts it together and wins the conference tournament? Um, you know, they're talented enough and they have the motivation because they know they're not going to the NCAA tournament otherwise. So what happens if, if, they, if they win this thing? Do they take seven teams? I mean, I, I can't envision that. I think the bottom team um, would drop out. And, and one thing that's going to happen between now and the end of the regular season is, you know, you have a bunch of teams with five losses right now but they're going to play each other. And if, if the results don't go just right, you're going to have a team with seven losses, maybe even a team with eight, but probably a team among that group with seven losses. And I think that team might be out um, unless their metrics are through the roof. So I tend to think it's going to be five um, and one team will drop off, but you know, just keep an eye on UNLV in that conference tournament. And that could be the absolute wild card among all wild cards. Mark Ziegler, I want to ask you one thing that I don't know that I've asked you before, but uh, it comes to mind uh, in the game last night watching uh, Reese Waters jawing a little bit with some of the fans there at Utah State. And you go to all of these uh, venues and see all of these fans. I mean, the pit. And and Utah State's fans are crazy and everywhere else. And San Diego State's fans, for their part, are remarkable. How do you kind of rate the fans in this conference who do you think is, I don't want to say the best, but where is the best atmosphere in the Mountain West Conference? What's the toughest in terms of opposing fans? Well, the best student section, I think, is Utah State. When they're, when they're in, you know, when they fill out their 4,000 seats and they were like they were last night. I mean, just the sheer size of it, it's, it's 40% of the arena. And, it, and they're organized. They're allowed. I wrote a little piece about what they do. They, they hand out a sheet before the game. That's got like bio information, um, Rick and really? the other team's players. Yeah, in, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll have it up online a little bit here later. I'll try to put a screenshot of it. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's really you know they have one one side of it is all their chants and their traditions. The other one you know went through five different players and it, you know it, one had a, like a, a QR code to a um, a Twitter page that had a ten year old picture of Darian Trammell in a suit at a wedding. <laughs> and, so they don't leave any and, stone and, unturned there. Another one had, oh yeah, they had uh, somehow they got a hold of Micah had somehow posted his cash app handle 
uh, for money transfers. And they said, God, wouldn't it be a shame if a whole bunch of people put in um, money transfer requests to, to Micah? So, you know, you got students sitting around for an hour before the game holding their seat. I mean, how, they all have cell phones. I mean, how many of them did a cash app request to Micah? I mean, that's the kind of stuff they do. It's great there. The pit is great. And, and one thing people have to realize is college basketball today, just like college football, a lot of the crowds are shrinking. And in, in the Pac-12, except for Arizona, I mean, uh, maybe a couple games in Colorado, they are not full of arenas at all. The Mountain West is kind of an aberration where Nevada sold out most nights, Utah State, New Mexico, Boise, San Diego State. Um, you know, those teams are all getting huge crowds. And it's, you know, don't take it for granted. It's really, really cool and really special. And the one thing I want to say about Reese Waters, John, Adam, um, whether you think that's a T or not, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that, Chris. But you saw on Friday night, Jalen House did that multiple times to the show, pointing at him, gesturing yeah. at him, swearing at him, um, screaming at him, no T. And yeah. the ref who called the T on Reese Waters is the same ref who ref the game in the pit with San Diego State uh, and would oh. not call a T on yeah. uh, Jalen House for uh, – yeah basically high-stepping into the, the Aztecs bench. So I thought that was a little odd and a little inconsistent. It's very inconsistent. And I, I looked at that replay. I was trying to figure out what Reese did to get the technical, and it looked like he was just yelling back to the crowd saying, I made a shot. That's not a technical foul. So I, I don't know Apparently where Apparently he came. cursed, and, and he never curses. Yeah. Now, maybe it was because we were in Logan, Utah, and he cursed. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what. Maybe the standards are different. But would you call that? I no. mean, if you're in a, in a high school game and the guy curses at a, at a student section, you let I would it go. honestly try to get up to him and say, you know, watch your mouth and, and give and a keep warning. Keep it moving, yeah. Especially, I mean, so you can't tell me Jalen House didn't throw a curse word in somewhere in all of those celebrations. Oh. Hard to imagine. I heard him. I was sitting behind the There you go. All right, Mark. Well, thanks for everything, man. It's been a fun year, and it's going to get more fun as we go along, and uh, we love having you on. Thanks so much for uh, contributing today, and we'll catch up with you down the road. I'm talking. Oh, oh, good. We just got rid of him in the nick of time there. It sounded like he uh, dropped off there in Logan, Utah. Mark Ziegler, he's so great. He's I mean, awesome. he just he takes us right inside the huddle. I mean, there aren't a lot of reporters out there that get a hold of the student section cheering sheet. But Mark Ziegler finds one. That's next level. That's next level work, right? He's going around getting that stuff. I I, I I love it. We we often talk about the fans and how different it is. I think if if you're going to let the crowd escalate in – you're gonna have to reciprocate that on the other end. You got to give a little latitude to to Reese Waters right latitude, there for sure. It was a very quick whistle for sure. All right, break time. Daily gambit. When we come back, odds and ends, winners and losers. Next on Gwen and Chris. Into the three o'clock hour we roll. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matthew Scraby. Daily gambit headed your way. We had some bets last night. Uh, we'll see how they treated us. Now, we know the Aztec one's going to be an L for all three of us because we all took them. But how much worse did we fare last night? Yeah. <laughs> one, of those, one of those, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, I'm still getting over the um, the QR code that you could get to see uh, Darian Trammell in a... Um, 
And From a wedding photo oh, 10 years ago. That, that is, is pretty, that's that's pretty good. good. These fans are organized. I, I know the show. You guys are fantastic and you know, amazing, and I love that you're our fans. But does the show hand out pieces of paper with bios on the other team's players? I mean, basically yes. a bio is put out there so you can make fun of something on the bio, right? That is strong. That strong, is strong. Strong, quite strong right there. But, it, again, it's Logan, Utah. What else do they have to do? I really want to turn the other way anytime a Utah school has an issue with things that are happening at their school because they seem to they seem to you know go hard in the paint. Say sometime. that again? I said I hope that they never do anything wrong or someone never does anything wrong to them because if they complain, I'm going to turn my head. Utah, Utah schools. Oh. Because yeah. they that's pretty that, like you said, that's next level. That's uh that's diabolical right that there. That is diabolical. QR code and it's a picture of them in a, in a wedding suit. That's, I don't understand why that's bad. It's it's just random. It's it's random. And then what was and the we other don't one? Know, Micah we don't know how he looked in the suit. Maybe, true, maybe, true. maybe he looked bad. <laughs> he was a, he was a youngster. It sounded like so he might. So not Micah have... Parrish's phone is probably blowing up with people trying to what have him loan them money based on his account. Oh yeah, because he put the cash. Out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, I mean these these fans. They're on it, man. You can't be mad at it. They're, you can't be uh, mad at yeah. it. I, I can't be mad at that either. I mean, as long as they. Don't get too personal. Right, I mean, you right. don't know what they said to Reese Waters to get him to yell back. But Ziegler's Typically, right. Typically, it's something disrespectful it if, you get, if you get somebody to yell and, back. You. But, but Ziegler's right. Jalen House was acting the fool here at Viejas Arena the and entire at, game. And in the pit. For sure, he was in the pit. So if that's a technical, then, you know, that should have been. Anyway, uh, there you go. All right. Um, Mr. Scraby, you ready? Do you like money? I think about money a lot. Do you like money without doing anything? Uh, duh, winning. Do you want to make money while watching sports? I think Washington is immortal luck. Washington! Woohoo! If you answered yes, this is your segment. Just don't blame us when you lose. Nothing is ever your fault. It's your game. Take it. Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan. Daily Gambit is our daily sports betting segment here on Gwen and Chris. Please, everybody, gamble responsibly. I can't find any odds on this, guys, but what are the odds that MLB is going to scrap the uniforms they have right now and go uh, with something completely different? <laughs> I... I- I think I would put it above fifty percent right now. Above fifty. Yeah. You think the players are going to be make that much noise? I, I think once they start hearing from the fans, yeah. I think that's where it gets. The fans are going to see all of these ugly 100%. uniforms. And say, oh, this we're is, already making fun. Uh, of them. That's what I'm saying. Really? Once you the, can see through the pants. <laughs> got, all right, I don't want to see through. They, the they pants. got to see through. So everybody better have their sliders on underneath. Well, Shohei did in his picture because I saw his sliders through his <laughs> pants. You see the bottom of the shirt tucked in. Like I don't know. That's a bad why, look. Why do these expensive or well-funded uh, companies make such bad decisions? I don't understand it. But they're going to have to change the pants at least because the pants cannot be see-through. All right. Let's start did I already say it's gonna make for a, It's going to make for an interesting opening series in Korea. <laughs> it will, just to see if there's pants But, it, but the games are on after hours, so maybe they can get away with it. That's true. Isn't it like Safe Harbor or something like that? I don't know. Uh, in radio, we have Safe Harbor. But true. Anyway. 
Do you know what Nobody Safe knows, Harbor is? No, I, no. I do, but I don't think anybody <laughs> I was listening to Tony. I was looking at Tony. I was like, yeah, we got it. I, I don't, don't know, know the exact though. time, but from a certain time, like, say, 11 p.m. till about 4 a.m., technically, you can we swear. can say whatever we want. Oh, really? Well, so we got, reason. like, another 55 minutes of that. No, we would still get fired because Odyssey doesn't want us swearing at oh, any point in time. Okay. But technically, we can do it overnight if we really wanted to. That's what oh, Safe 11 Harbor p.m. to 4 a.m. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the actual time frame, but there is an overnight time frame called Safe Harbor. Interesting. Yes. That's where I got my start, just yelling swear words into the microphone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Utah State, my, two and a half points on the point spread. They were favorites in the game last night. We already said this. We all chose the Aztecs. The Aztecs did not win. So we're out on that one. Jaden Ledee over under 18 and a half points. We all said over. He did go over with 23 points. St. Mary's were seven and a half point favorites over my Dons. You guys chose St. Mary's. I chose the Dons. St. Mary's won, but they did not cover 70 to 66. And then you got UConn minus two and a half. All of us chose UConn. Creighton crushed them 85 66. And then we had the LA Kings minus one and a half on the puck line. And the Kings, you guys chose the Kings. I chose the Blue Jackets. Kings went five to one. So I cannot figure out this Kings bet. Yeah, you were wrong me. on that one again. We all went two and three to answer your question. Oh, okay. Tony. That's not too bad. Uh, it's a losing night for all three of us. That's more casinos being wait, built. Wait, wait, go back. You said the Kings won? Kings five won five to one. one. Ooh, I, I finally yeah. won. Yeah, yeah I she can. won that one. Scraby lost. Uh, real quick, the sour is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. What do you got, Chris? All right, here we go for tonight. I got uh, something that I hadn't seen before. Uh, We got an Aztec women's game coming up tonight at uh, Viejas against Air Force. And I was checking the uh, schedule on ESPN. They now are posting odds on uh, all of the women's games. They don't normally do that. Thank you, Caitlin Clark. So, yeah, Caitlin Clark's got it going on. Uh, So the Aztecs, we thought we'd jump in. The Aztecs are favored by nine and a half. Caitlin Clark guys (laughs) going on. Oh, please. You know, I was laughing because I couldn't get her name out accurately, and I thought you were going to have something to say, but you didn't catch it. Good. Oh, no, no. You caught caught, Chris's, which is fine by me. She's got it going on. Caitlin, that's Clark good. It's great. Got it going on. All right, Aztecs are nine and a half points favored over Air Force tonight. Uh, the Aztecs are ahead of Air Force in the standings. Air Force did win the first meeting at Colorado Springs in overtime, so the Aztecs will be looking for a little revenge. Nine and a half point favorites. I have to take the Aztecs. I probably should disqualify myself since I'm. A, broadcasting the game but, no action oh yeah, yeah but i will uh, i will go ahead and place a wager for fun anyway take the aztecs they're playing well at home they're much like the men's team they play really really solid at home especially against teams they're supposed to beat and they've uh, struggled on the road so as they did in their loss to air force tony what do you want to do here nine give and me, a half give me the aztecs he's going with the red and black scraping i gotta fall your You're going to follow our lead here? Yes. All right, on to the men's game. We've got a, a good one tonight at New Mexico with Colorado State at New Mexico. Who New, do Mex- we- New Mexico is favored by 7.5. Uh, yeah, who do we need to win? Yes. That's a good question, Tony. Let's take a look at the uh, the current standings in the Mountain West Conference. New Mexico is 8-5. and five. Colorado State, I think, is also eight and five. Are they not? I think everybody might be. Pretty much everybody's eight, eight and five. five. Yeah, it's so close. Um, to me, I mean, Colorado State just beat Utah State by twenty. 
But that was at Colorado State. And we've talked about this, man. Going on the road in this conference, really, really difficult. So Colorado State gets seven and a half points. Tony, you're first. Colorado State's get it, so it's at home, okay? It's uh, at New Mexico. Yeah. Give me New Man. Give me New Mexico. New Mexico going to win by eight or more. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Scraby? Going with the Rams. Oh, your Rams. My Rams. One of your many alma maters. Yes. This is a tough one. I mean, I expect Colorado State to play close, but, I mean, they ended up just totally you know, falling apart here in San Diego last week, right? That second half. 40, yeah. yeah. I mean, just got obliterated. Mm-hmm. And New Mexico at home, once they start riding that wave, they just blow you out. So I'll take New Mexico. All right, I thought I'd put him in there. Uh, Dylan, the villain of college basketball. Jalen House tonight for New Mexico. Over under 16 and a half points. Scraby. Oh, man, you're asking. He me. averages about this. I know. Their over-unders are always what they average. Right, pretty much. I'm going to say over, though. You're going to say over for Jalen House at home. I'm going to just, I have to root against them. It's just. It's in your blood. It's in my blood to root against guys like that. I'll (laughs) say under. But it'll probably go over because he always seems to shoot well at home. Tony? Yeah, I'm going to say over. You're going to go over. Uh, Yeah, I am looking at the standings. Uh, Colorado State, New Mexico, both 8-5 and in the conference. So. Aztecs at nine and five. Aztecs nine and five. Their Aztecs are currently third because Utah State's ten and four. Boise State is nine and four. But uh, like Ziegler said, it's going to change around a bunch of times. All right, Duke's at Miami of Florida tonight. Jesse Agler's Hurricanes in the Final Four last year, but not having a great season this year. Duke is ranked favored by six and a half, but on the road. Do you take Duke? I take Miami because I've been taking teams at home getting points all year, and it's been working out. Tony? Miami. Miami, going to take six and a half points. That's a philosophy that's worked for everybody all year. Yeah. Even if you you didn't do it, you got burned by it. So Right. Welcome to Miami. Bienvenido. Can I share something with you guys? We were talking about the uniforms. Uh Uh-oh. This headline is is fantastic. (laughs) SB Nation. The terrible fanatic MLB uniforms are going to put the balls in baseball. <laughs> oh, no. There's a picture. I'm not so sure that that headline didn't belong in the safe harbor. And there's a picture, I think, of uh, of Cal Riley, the uh, catcher for Seattle. Oh, that's with what his, it was. With yeah. his pants, with yeah, his shirt yeah, tucked in. Yeah. And you can clearly see. Nah, I don't want to know what you can see. <laughs> no, show, show Chris. I don't want to see You're this picture. You're not going to see anything, Chris. I don't want to even. You just see the bottom of his shirt. You have to see it. Like clear as day. And that's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something I will not be able to unsee. The Shohei Otani one, I'm going to try to go find it and repost it. At, uh, look. At Matt pants. But... Number one, Shohei Otani shows his uh, Tommy John scar. It is gnarly. gnarly. Yeah. But number two, you can totally see everything under the pants. It's I can crazy. tell you, I, I've had, I got plenty of teammates. I know there are some dudes out there, especially pitchers, that will be free as a bird. Pitchers that like to, you know, pitchers don't like to uh, wear a cup. No, I don't say they don't like to wear a cup. I just know there are a few that you know they like to be free out there. Mm. And apparently now we're all going to find out which pictures those are. <laughs> they don't get this pants thing fixed. In the <laughs> <middle>. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Oh, man. Oh, boy. All right, Scraby, what'd you do? Miami also? Is it all Welcome three of us? Welcome to Miami. All right, we're all taking the points there. And then uh, I put this one in just for you guys. Uh, Anaheim Ducks at home tonight, favored by one and a half goals over those same Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, Scraby, you're first. You can took the, the Blue Ducks, Jackets last night. Can the Ducks get some love from the Blue Jackets here? I'm Let's gonna see. go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Blue Jackets I'm again. Stay with who's favorite? The Ducks are favored by one and a half. Give me the Ducks. You're taking the all Ducks. all Cali, baby. All right, I'm gonna go with the Blue Jackets just because I don't think the Ducks have beaten anybody by two goals. <laughs> this year. All right, there we go. We'll all see right. how we do tomorrow. Daily Gambit action in the books. I just reposted that Shohei Otani picture, and the caption is great. It says, this looks less like a Dodgers uniform and more like a spirit Halloween costume. <laughs> it really <laughs> Look, does, this is the man. one I'm talking about. The like, fans are just, just ridiculous. The fans are just really, uh, yeah. So they're, they're, hopefully the fans, between the fans and players, it sounds like baseball is not going to have much of a choice. Jocelyn I mean, on every, the chat says, every, this is great for Major League Baseball because <laughs> they got a whole new fan base of women. Hey, everything's in 4K. Just want to remind everybody. There's no... Uh, there's no not seeing it if they continue to this through this with these uniforms. I, I just can't believe we're talking about like I when I first saw the story, I was like, "What are we really doing?" I did too. I thought everybody was like blowing it out of proportion, but after seeing that picture, man, <laughs> man, oh man! All right, let's get to break. We got more Gwen and Chris. We got pictures to look at during the break. So, <laughs> oh man, the, the comments are are, are great. Elisa says, "Going to be seeing a sea of cheeks." <laughs> Chance says, "No wonder my wife is all in on the baseball game." Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. Are you not entertained? Borg with a Chris on the way. Here's some traffic. Don't be surprised if the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl champs, San Antonio Pierce. Thank you cards, Christmas cards, whatever they can. Antonio Pierce, as you know, is the head coach of the Raiders. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. Uh, Tony, you remember the Jordan rules. I do. Back in the late 1980s. I've been uh, getting more, getting, I should say, I've been getting familiar with those rules again. Watching the last dance here the last couple of days. Yes. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, led by their then-coach, Hall of Famer Chuck Daly, put in what they called the Jordan Rules to face Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And as people don't remember, the Bulls were eliminated from the postseason three years in a row by the Pistons before they began their championship run. And basically what the Jordan Rules were... Whenever Jordan drove the basketball to the lane, you hit him as hard as you possibly can. If he left the uh, if he left the floor, yes. he had to be put back on the floor on his back yes. or behind. Well, and here we are all these years later, almost what, 40 years later. And Antonio Pierce of the Las Vegas Raiders says he has come up with something called the Patrick Mahomes rules. Mm. And he wants that in place for his Raiders whenever they play the Super Bowl champs. Well, apparently the rules were in place when the two teams met on Christmas Day well. this past season. That was the last time the Chiefs lost. The Raiders whooped them 20-14. to 14. 
Mahomes threw two pick sixes. I'm sorry, one pick six, and then he gave up another defensive touchdown. He was sacked four times. He was hit ten times. And uh, apparently Antonio Pierce's rules worked. Yeah. At least that day. Well, listen, uh, what I recall from the Jordan rules is they were for about two years. Yeah, and right. Then, and then they didn't work anymore. No, Jordan finally got mind over matter and decided, all right, I'm going to get hit. I'm just going to make every free throw and make it hurt you. I, I think the difference here, though, is the Jordan rules work because Michael Jordan had to find a different way to win. He he had gone through the league up until that point literally floating in the air and doing really whatever he wanted to do on the court. There was nothing anybody could do. It wasn't amounting to wins. What's different here is Mahomes, I think, has already learned how to win. Yeah. And he, you can make the argument last year, during this past Super Bowl win, he did it without the prolific offense that he had had the previous year. So I, I think these Mahomes rules, although may make it a little bit more difficult, I don't know that they're going to have much of an impact in terms of stopping him from being the last one standing. Getting to where he wants to go, <laughs> right. ultimately. Uh, Antonio Pierce was on the Max Crosby, it's called the Rush podcast. Crosby, of course, an all-pro defensive tackle for the Raiders. Said Pierce, uh, we've got the Jordan rules, and I'm calling them from now on as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he became Michael Jordan, Air Jordan? The Pistons used to whoop his... Can I say, are we in the safe zone? Don't say it. All right, you used to whoop him. Uh, anytime he came to the hole, <laughs> elbows, feeling him, love tacks. We touched him. We're in the head, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you, so I showed those guys Jordan getting his ass beat. <laughs> did you try to skip over? Did you accidentally say that? No, I... Because oh. I, I, you said... Oh, I meant... Yes, I should have skipped over that word and not said the other one. Yes. My you, bad. You said the word and then paused. Right. I know. I'm a dummy. It's just a little late. It's no. not the first time. I'm a dummy. That's a good one. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a good one for the start of the season right there. Yeah, but here's how things turned out at the end. The Chiefs, Andy Reid said that he texted Antonio Pierce a big thank you because that game on Christmas Day, he says, helped refocus his team. And, of course, the Chiefs did refocus and went on to win their second consecutive Super Bowl. So, I mean, in some ways, the Chiefs were thankful for it. Yeah. Um, But I I promise you, uh, Antonio Pierce, you could see it watching that Raider team at the end. They they play with a different little chip chip on their shoulder. And he is a – I was listening to him. He he must be doing the podcast runs right now because I was listening to him talk on the pivot. And – one of the things that, you know, he is very keen on is that he wants to be he wants to be the example for players that have played in the NFL that want to get in the head coach. He wants to be um, kind of the role model for that. Um, and so he takes it very seriously. He, he wants to go out and have some success in his position because he knows that. He's not a, as he said, he's not a, a Harvard guy. He's not one of these uh, Ivy League guys. Analytics, maybe not or so analytics much. as well. Yeah. Um. And he, I think he recognizes his, the importance of this job, not just as it pertains to him, but for 
those who may want to follow suit afterwards. Scraby likes Antonio Pierce because he's such a animal lover, Antonio Pierce is. You shouldn't have brought this up. You shouldn't have brought this up. Yes, I should have. Because this is the only thing that's holding me back from wanting to love Antonio Pierce is that he left his dogs at home without any care when he went to the Super Bowl years ago. And so he pled guilty to it. He accepted his his thing. But how could you leave a poor dog by itself? It wasn't a great move. (laughs) You think? The poor dogs had to break out of the house and go find a neighbor because they were so hungry. You're over here making up stuff. No, that's what happened. <laughs> they didn't. The reason the, the neighbor break. was the one who called I mean, the police. I'm saying I, I believe the neighbor called the police, but you're making it seem like the, the dogs had the great escape. Walked up to the door and knocked on the door and said, you know, we can't figure out how to work the can opener. Can you help us? Uh, yeah, because the owner is in the Super Bowl, di- at the Super Bowl, and didn't decide he wanted to take care of his dogs. You are something else. Uh, I was man. not going to bring that up until Chris yeah. brought it. Up, so. I know you weren't. I have, a, I have a question though. Anytime I have a big five topic, are you going to use it at three twenty, Chris? Was that? Oh, a bit, I did oh, not know. Sorry, my bad. Sorry, my bad. You know, it is on your sheet. You could look ahead. I could, but you know what? It's it's baby steps. You know, and what? for me, just getting myself hooked up to the YouTube video feed every day is a step <laughs> in the right direction. Now I got to start working on. Reading the Big Five ahead of time. NY Mike 8 says the New York Rangers were the away team at Giant Stadium on Sunday. So what? there. Remember we were talking about away teams, neutral sites. Someone, I believe, is just starting the show. <laughs> and so they're commenting. But the Rangers were the away team at Giant Stadium on Sunday when they played their hockey game. And do I don't know what there? hockey has to do with I'm college confused. basketball, we're, we're, neutral site basketball. We're talking about games. away teams at neutral no, sites. So we, there was we an away talk, team. No, no, we were talking about basketball away teams. In college basketball. Yeah, I don't know how we got to hockey. Well, yeah. Because it's all the same. No, if it's, 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 it's not all it's the same. It's literally If not they're playing the at Giant Stadium... Wouldn't that be a neutral site? But they're saying there's an away and, team. And if, if it was college basketball, it would be a neutral site. But it's not college basketball. Who was this who wrote this on the chat? <laughs> NY Mike A. Don't make fun of NY Mike Come A. He on, is NY a great scrabinator for the Scraby Show. <laughs> Evidently so. Did you guys know he found that? a way to agree with you. <laughs> did you guys know that people that listen to the Scraby Show are called scrabinators? How did we come to Scrabinators? I didn't. I, you, I I came up with the name. People wanted to know what they can call themselves, and so I was like, Scrabinators. Eh. It was Scrabites, and and Scrabinators is the one I like the most. So <laughs> is his name is his name. As you guys N- can see in the camera. He's very proud of this. Is his right name <laughs> NY Mike Eight because there are eight Scrabinators? Yowzers. Don't be stupid. Chris. <laughs> Don't be stupid. <laughs> It took me a second to it get your joke. You a second <laughs> I was to like, get huh? That. Eight? Oh, oh. oh it's Mr. Ello. Okay. Uh, Scraby Chronicles, follow the show. All you Scrabinators, stay tuned. Uh, we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we will take care of all of what ails all of you, the sports court. Next on Gwen and Chris. Occasionally here in the studio, I'd say probably more than occasionally, there's some good banter. Chris, myself, we like to give uh, Adam Klug a hard time from from time to time. And it's usually, be quite frank, it's, it's usually me giving Adam a hard time. But today, during our pre-show meeting, Chris hit, hit, hit him with a good one today that even I had to like, 
give him some dap on. It was it, it caught Adam by surprise. And you know, per usual, Adam takes it in stride, laughs it off. Uh Scraby's gonna post a picture here shortly, but uh Chris, what was the exact line you hit him with? I took a look at Adam's uh red and white checkered Peaking shirt. Light. And I asked him uh, when he was going to return my wife's tablecloth. <laughs> it's very rude. <laughs> very rude. And, and, that, and that's like, you know, that's, you know, we've heard that one before. But being that it came from Chris and it came like out of left field, it was really, really funny. The timing was good. The, it was timing, all about the, was, timing. the timing was perfect. Because as yeah. I turned to look at Adam's shirt, because I hadn't really seen it yet. It, it definitely reminded me of a table. <laughs> uh, but he took it in stride. Uh, Scrape, you going to post that, that picture for me? Doing him? it right now, and I'm saying, not nice, Chris LOSD. Is that what you're saying? That's what the caption is going to be. You laughed along with everybody else. No, I did not. I was like, that yes, was rude. You, oh, you, you, were, you were laughed, honest. You were dude. taken aback Stop by it. the comment? Yes. Yeah, you were horrified by the comment. Liar. I was. Liar. You know, I, my mom taught me one thing. Treat people how you want to be treated. Oh, so I would never. And how have you how have you done? <laughs> very living well. up to that advice. Very well. I treat Adam very uh, nice, and Adam treats me great. Sometimes, I uh, you have you know, your moments. I haven't had a blow up in a while. What's a while? Over a year, I think. <laughs> Yeah, right, dude. No, blow up with Adam? Yes. And mostly I say blow you up with Adam because with the I'm the one the... blowing up at Adam. Yes. You got in a fight in the 7-Up line, or the 7-Eleven seven, line last about a month ago. Uh, but he has normal somebody, blow ups. Yeah, you have those all day long, yeah. every day. You usually have you those, don't but count not with those. Adam, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely used to have uh, things I should have been fired for. <laughs> <laughs> in a regular job, I believe I would have been fired. What was the what was the mishap at 7-Eleven a few months ago? Somebody somebody was taking sta- no, stepped in his space, I believe. Wasn't that was it? that was one that was of many episodes. Yeah, that was one. I think the most recent one was they were taking too long to it was the lottery guy. The, the, oh, right. The, the lottery ticket. You know, last, see how fast he remembers tickets. those. Yes, he knows like, all those. Lottery guy. You yeah. know, last night my my daily or I, we don't need to talk about the daily gripe last night, but I think I need to get involved with the city. Oh no, you don't. To no, you don't. Stop the groups of bicyclists <laughs> from taking over the roadways. He's mad at bicyclists. I'm now. okay Chris with is bicyclists. Shaking his head. Yes. I'm, I'm with him. <laughs> I'm okay with bicyclists, but I'm when not. there's 65 of them and they're all riding in the all well, none of them ride in the bike lane. Yeah, they they no, never ride in the true. bike lane, and that so my complaint isn't necessarily with the bicyclists. My complaint is with, with our bike stupid lane? city that keeps putting bike lanes everywhere. <laughs> Just leave them out. The bicyclists go wherever they want to go at all times anyway. Stop wasting my taxpayer money on infringement of the bike lane because. Oh. Oh, so uh, you yeah. want you want Chris more is right though. Bike Bicyclists, lane. and I know we're talking to people out there that are probably like, "Man, you guys are dumb," <laughs> but bicyclists might be the thing that makes me the angriest. Angrier than somebody tailgating you, even. Oh, I can right? deal with the tailgater because I'll just drive slower. There's no but, yeah. Look, you the, are you petty bi- of petty. You well, bicy- I'm not doing that all the time. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> bicyclists might think that we're you know uh, you don't like us for you know criticizing bicyclists and you may say yourself that i out there me personally the bicyclist i care about my other you know auto drivers out on the road car drivers out on the road but 90 percent of you bicyclists 
could care less that there is a car right up your rear tire. <laughs> we, we and just do today. whatever you want to do out there. Chance says they're pedestrians. They're not. They're on a vehicle because you can get a DUI on a bike. So there. So you tell them, Scraby. <laughs> I was threatened with one at Colorado State. That's how I know. I didn't realize that you could get a DUI on a I bike, but you can. I did not know bicyclists have yeah. gotten under your not guys' skin well, like have you, you live in the sticks. I do. You yes. have to nobody be can, see in those Nobody bicyclists. can get a bicycle out by where you <laughs> live. A lot of hills. Too far away. Airlifted in or something. I see bikers sometimes in the moment I have some of these same thoughts, but not not that it seems like as deep as both of you two have it. Well, they uh, Elisa says they have to also have to follow road signs and lights. And I can tell you specifically there's a spot on my way to work where there's two stop signs and bicyclists. Don't, I try to get ahead of them because if I don't get ahead of them before these two stop signs, then I'm stuck behind not, them. D- d- if, and if I, they I, do not pay attention in to my, the In my area, line. this is the double turn lane. And like we're, I'm not talking about like near a bike lane. It's like a left turn. So it's like in the middle of the street. And that one is the most concerning because as they start to make their left turn, obviously they're on a bike. I'm in a car, you know. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of maneuver around them in some cases. If I really, never mind. I'm gonna stop. Have any bicyclists jumped on the chat to try to defend themselves? Not really. No, they're biking, so they (laughs) can't. I have, like Chris said, I have no problem with the bicyclists that are doing it and sharing the road. It's just the ones that are riding in the 70 people, the Pelotons, I think they call them, of bicyclists. And you, Pelotons don't move. No, I think it's called a Peloton. It's like called, a group of bicyclists oh, is it's called, called a, Peloton. a Peloton. I did not know that. I didn't know did that you know until that, a few months ago. I um, hope I'm right. A group of cyclists called a Peloton? I don't know that I would have got that correct, but I kind of have heard that before, yes. Ah, but That's where they got the name from. I was huh? late to an AA meeting because, I'm not kidding, I was in a line of maybe 20 cars following these guys all the oh, way up this hill and i started honking and i got sure other people riled up i'm sure you did and great. the bicyclist didn't care so well let's go, go ahead and check some traffic and get to the sports court where we can help somebody call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 
you have a sports issue, San Diego? Do you need a third party to make a decision? The guys have put on their robes and picked up their gavels. All rise. Here comes the judge. Gwen and Chris Sports Court starts now on 97.3 The Fan. Kind of hungry right now, so Chris, can you go to Spiro's and get me some Mediterranean food? I would love to uh, get it. Uh, get it for all of us. And if you love uh, Mediterranean food out there, try Spiro's for authentic Mediterranean cuisine. They have a location in Coronado and one in La Jolla. Neither very far from where we are right now, Scrape. Mm-hmm. We could get out there, mm-hmm. or we could uh, get, ah, we could sorry. get dining or takeout options just by visiting Spiro'sCuisine.com. Cuisine. Cuisine. All right, so if you have any problems out there that you want us to solve or at least try to solve, you can send me some DMs at Matt Scraby. I will try and put them together. I will not put anything that is not radio-friendly. I'm sorry to everyone. Maybe one day we'll answer those in podcast format. But today we have a couple different things. We have a guy who is now newly sober, and we got a golf question. We also have a guy who hates his friend's girlfriend, and he needs oh, to know why. That wow. one sounds intriguing, but I'm looking forward to the golf question. Oh, the, the golf question I think Chris is going to like. But yeah. here we go. First one, and it goes like this. This may be one for Scraby. Uh, let me start it like this. I don't drink because I'm an alcoholic. Chris doesn't drink for personal choice. Right, Chris? It's not because um, you're an alcoholic. Correct. <laughs> Did I get into something? Okay, let's move on. This may be one for Scraby, but I've been struggling with my drinking for years and years and years. Tried so many times to quit drinking, but I finally did to uh, f- but I finally did stop drinking this year and I am going strong. As of writing this, I have 49 days and I'm not looking back. My problem is, I don't know the last time I went to a Padres game and did not drink. I am nervous about the temptation, but what I'm most nervous about the intoxicated fans around me. Chris, do you have any tips for me when I go to my first sober Padres game? Um, well, I was going to say bring a big jug of Diet Coke with you, but they won't <laughs> let you in with that. That's true. Yeah, make a beeline to the concession stand and get yourself a nice soda and sit back, relax, enjoy the ball game. And if you need to drink another one, drink another one. I always feel like keeping your hands busy. Probably a fairly good idea. Um, but I, I can't think of it in an alcoholic's terms, so I'm not going to answer that part of the question. All right. I'm just going to say try to keep yourself busy <clears throat> drinking something else. All right, that's good advice. Tony, do you have any tips for him when he goes to his first sober Padres game? Yeah, I think so. I want to ask you a question. For me? Yes. Okay. 49 days into your sobriety, Yeah. would you have been comfortable enough to go to no. a baseball game? That's what my advice is. Don't go. By the oh, time it would be don't go. Don't go. By the time mm. it might be over a hundred days. That's true. How, how, at what point would you have mm. in your sobriety? Six walk? months. Thirties. That's 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 six. That's one hundred and eighty. That's, that's far more than a hundred days, right? There. Yeah. I when he, when you first started reading this, that was the first thought that came to my mind. Why would you go? Why would you put yourself in that type of environment? Because I can rest assured. Almost everybody else in that building is going to be having a cold beverage or two. Not almost everybody. Mostly. Most of the people there. So I I would say if you're not 100% sure, don't go yet. There's a long season, right? It's, It's April to October. I would say let some more time go before you you put yourself into that oven 
Everybody, it is an oven. Both of you guys with very good advice. Uh, here are some of the chat suggestions. Cesar says, perhaps this person can take score at the ballpark there and keep go. his keep your mind hands and it. mind busy. Um, also, can't you get free soda if you're a sober driver? I'm not sure, but I have heard that about the Padres games. Try some sunflower wait, what, seeds. Wait, what? Free soda if you're a, a, a if you're driving home drunk people, if they'll give you free sodas or DD. Yeah. What do you do? Wait, I want to know. I, don't I know. go with people drinking all the time, and I drive. Are you the DD? I he's guess not drinking, for lack of a better driving. term. So do I just walk up? I want to find out about this now and save some money on my sodas. Yeah, if you're not buying, and yeah, I mean, so do you just tell them everybody in my party is drinking and I'm not. So where's my free soda? I don't know if you should say it just like that, but like I that. think where's you my free soda? Hey, I'm not drinking. <laughs> Give me my free soda. Oh, we have a, bi- a bicyclist in the chat. Uh-oh. I figured we'd get one. <laughs> How else should I get my cardio in? Get your cardio, but stay out of the driving lanes. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> All right. What my advice would be, Tony actually, d- he he gave some pretty good advice by not going until you're ready. Because I remember my first event with drunk people as a non-drunk person. How many days were you in? It was probably around 50, okay. 60 maybe, uh, and I hated it and I left because there's something about people like Rob Manfred in your ear going, how do you like this concert? <laughs> there's just something that I can't handle and I know that's unfair because I was really annoying as a drunk person. I mean, let's be honest. Drunk people aren't like the greatest to be around if you're not indeed drinking with no them. it's kind of no it's definitely an annoying feeling like um game three of the dodgers and padres nlds at petco park i was wearing my city connectors either the padres gifted me with my name on the back of it the two drunk guys behind me kept asking me when i was going to go in and what kind of adult gets his name on the back of a jersey really really oh, really going in on you then oh yeah they were oh. wait what were the lines were these padres into the game yeah they're like hey he's ready he's ready and also stuff they're just like tearing you up just stuff like what kind of adult gets their name on a jersey and i never revealed where you know i got this the jersey is true because scraby is reciting this with no hesitation word for word yeah he knows I, I i never revealed where i got my jersey from i just let them have their fun because if you don't engage a drunk person They'll give up at some point because they'll forget about you. <laughs> so there you go. You 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 you, yeah. you would know. I will never forget those guys though. They were quite annoying, and I wanted to turn around so many times. It's a good thing you didn't, because then there could have been fisticuffs. You know, you get drunk guys. Yes. Yeah. You know. And yeah, I know the chat saying it's funny, and it is funny. Not, it wasn't for me at yeah, the time. I was about to say. After, because I really wanted to say, hey, the Padres gave me this, and they put my name on the back. So what are you going to say now, drunk man? All right, next one. Good good job, guys. Drunk man. I, I need to hit the new music. Oh, it's already started. I have an issue with my friend. We've been friends since we were kids, grew up on the same street, played baseball in the street, and took breaks for cars kind of, kind of thing. Fast forward to us now. We're both 32 years old, and I've been married for three years. My friend is dating a girl who is a really nice person, and I do think she is good for my friend, but she is a Dodgers fan and continues to think that's what I want to talk about. I'm a Padres fan. I don't want to talk about the Dodgers every time. Tony, how do I tell her nicely I don't want to talk about the Dodgers with her ever? Um, this is how you say it. You say, uh, such and such. 
I hate the Dodgers passionately. And so although I respect your fandom of the Dodgers, I don't want to hear anything else about it. And if you continue to have try to force me to talk about your team, it's going to it's going to start to get between you and I's friendship and it is important because you are my buddy's girlfriend. Girl. And it seems like you and guys are going to be like together it's for serious. a while. So in order for us to to have some middle ground here, I'm going to need you to be quiet on the Dodgers. Neil says dump her, but it's the, the friend who's asking. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Chris? What would you say? All you have to do is be really annoying about it, and uh, I will guarantee you this will happen. Is this his best friend? His girlfriend? Best, yeah. best, friend's, uh, best friend's girlfriend. Yeah. I'm just saying the girlfriend is going to overpower you team in this instance. Right? That's why. That's why Guy's I was trying choose to choose girlfriend over best friend every time. I think so. So you're going to lose out. So I think you got to take a back seat at I, this stage. Thirty two. Yeah, guy is probably going to choose. Probably going to go girl. girl. Yeah. I remember George Carlin's advice to people that have a lot of needs: drop some of your needs. <laughs> <laughs> it's the simplest way to do it. Why don't you just drop the person? Well, Again. I think that person's going to drop you you're if right. you don't drop some of your needs. That's my whole point here. Tyler says, friends should be looking out for you. Get him to tell her to cool it with the Dodger talk. Either or, or you can go that route. Talk to your friend. But I think that I think I think you should address it head on. I think this is the op- next time she starts talking about the Dodgers. Say, I don't care and get up and leave. There you go. And then you start a whole nother war. But <laughs> you accomplish what you want. I to suggest accomplish. you go at it my way, but you can go at it Scrape's way. Might work. Man, there are some good drunk fan stories in the chat right now that we might have to bring back later. Apparently, some guy started yelling at Hunter Renfro in the outfield and kept calling him Renfries for like the entire game. I don't know why, but that's the type of stuff you get. See, at those that's games. Be- see, that's the part that, as a player, it irritates you. He thinks in his mind that Renfries is actually good banter. It's not. It's trash. Uh, all right, real quick, I have a gol- uh, golf question for y'all. When I play with friends, we play with loose rules, and it's definitely an honor system type of thing. So we were playing recently, and my friend hooked one into the trees on the left. We weren't sure he was going to find it, so I was doing my best scraby and investigating. <laughs> Thank you. Good I job. know where this is going. He didn't see me, but I saw my friend drop a ball. I wanted to see if he was going to call himself out, but when he got to the green, someone asked him, and he said he found his original ball. I still haven't said anything to anyone. Chris, would you out your friend for cheating at golf? Uh, I don't consider that cheating at golf. Wait, I knew you were going to hate that Whoa. answer. He's just, lying. Just, just grabbed a ball and dropped it. He's drop lying. One. If you can't find your ball, drop one, hit. You have to tell the other players in the group, though. Have to tell them what? That you are cheating. If you hit another ball and say it's your original ball. Come on. You put the ball on the tee, right? You put the ball on the tee, you're taking your warm-up shot, you're getting ready, you're addressing the ball, and your club touches the ball and it falls off the tee. That doesn't count. As a professional, that's a stroke. Not necessarily. my world, come on, put the ball back up on the tee and hit again. Listen, I'm all for, like, dropping the ball, but if one of my... Friends ask me that I, I think find if somebody my calls you out, you should be. You got to be honest. There, that's, that's the, point. the thing. But I get your points, Chris, for sure. Like none of us are professionals. But if you get called out, your buddy say, "Hey man, did you find that ball?" And you go, 
Oh yeah, yeah, I found it. That's that's a, that's just that's cheating. That's a lie. I don't know that I would be able to hold it in. I'd be like, dude, I just saw you I, drop a ball. I, there's no way. I'd be like, you lying. You know and what? And whoever asked this question, you answered your own question by outing them on our show. <laughs> Jose says something hilarious. Can't find your ball? Get the new MLB unis. <laughs> Yeah, you'll find them very quickly there. Christmas the fans up next. 833-288. Why am I forgetting that? 0973. Let me start that over. 833-288-0973. Get in line. Here we go into the 4 o'clock hour. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. Chris Hello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. Together in our Odyssey Palace studios. Also, you can enjoy on YouTube. Join the chat. Search for 97.3 The Fan and uh, watch the program on YouTube every single day. We're on till 6 o'clock. Then Scraby and the Chronicles take over after that. Tomorrow, Tony Gwynn Jr. leaves for spring training. And uh, he'll be joining us uh, in and out the show tomorrow. But tomorrow at noon, make a note of it, we are carrying the very first spring training game. The Dodgers and the Padres going at it. Tomorrow afternoon, I think the first pitch is scheduled for 12-10. But if I were you, I would tune in right at noon so you don't miss the return to the airwaves of our friends Jesse Agler and Tony Gwynn Jr. You know what I just thought of? What? Hmm? I have my tablet for my score for my scorecard. I totally forgot that oh, I had that's right. You don't have to keep paper. score anymore. That's right. You've got the new uh, newfangled... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but your, your scorecard is the most is the nicest looking baseball scoring thing I've ever seen, and it it files away every game, right? It does keeps a record of them for you. It does. I'm uh, if I can get it up here, I'm gonna show the the folks on YouTube. Have uh, Scraby like. uh, take a picture of it. Maybe he can tweet it out. But yeah, yeah scorekeeping has never been a prettier art than it is now, thanks to. Uh, this uh, major league baseball scoring i'm app. not i'm not actually going to put tony's computer thing down but me personally i would want to have those books for the rest of time yeah until you have about 4 years that's of the point. them stacked that's the up point. yeah that's why i moved away from them i figured because somebody like myself i i have um i have a little hoarding in me and so that's where i'm i I have a, I still have the books that I've used through the first three, four years, and I can't throw them away. I just can't. And so I knew myself, if I just kept going this way, I'd have a stack of books. And, uh, and those four years' worth of books have a lot of erasers and pen yes. marks. And yes. They don't look as clean. Wrinkled pages. Memories. That is all. <laughs> Memories. You like turning a page and getting a paper cut. Yeah. Uh, someone's asking, uh, what is this called, Tony? Can someone download this, or is this a uh, broadcaster well, thing? No, I, I actually had uh, some of the guys uh, at the tech guys for the Padres they basically we took a we took a scorecard, kind of changed it up a little bit to my liking, and then we um, had to download an app. It was a good notes, I believe, is the app. But then they found a way to they get, found a way to, to get the card oh on there, goodness, and so really? now, bada bing, bada boom. That's it's pretty crazy. incredible the yeah. way he uh, is able to keep score now. There's no question. Uh, anyway. Uh, there's a look at it on YouTube. They can't. If you're uh, watching there, there, the uh, there, there it is. proceeding, hang on. I'm trying to see. find your face, the AI. Let of me the see. Camera. Well, you're not really pointing at. Well, there it is. There you go. It's turning for me. There you go. There you go. All right. 
Boom. That is cool, though. That's a, it's a, And it saves everything for you. And yes. if you make a mistake... You have no problem erasing it and writing a, a, a new score. You know, what's going, what, what gets interesting, obviously, in these spring training games is there's a yes. lot of bodies coming in. So um, we'll figure it out. Haven't done that yet. Haven't used this for a spring training game. So gotcha. We'll see. All right. Uh, tomorrow, make a note of it. Spring training game number one right here on 97.3 The Fan. Make a note of this. Later in the show, two hours away. We are going to give away a pair of tickets to a Padres spring training game. And if you win those, you'll be qualified for a trip to Peoria to see a Padres spring training game. More information on how you can do that coming up in the final two hours of the show. Before we get to Chris versus the fans, Lori Ello, for whatever reason last night, was reading Tony Gwynn's Wikipedia page. (laughs) Wait, the, junior the o, the or OG senior? or me? The OG. Okay. The original gangster, Tony Gwynn's Wikipedia page. <laughs> Good job, Chris. And she came across a note, and she goes, well, I'm sure you know this. And she read me the note, and I did not know it. So I'm sharing this with everybody because it's a good one. Did you all know that Tony Gwynn Sr. got his first hit in the major leagues on July 19th, 1982. Yes. A lot of you knew that. Did you also know that his son, Tony Gwynn Jr., got his first major league hit also on July 19th? Oh, that is crazy. 24 years later. Four years. Yeah. 24 years later. Your first hit was against? Brian Wilson. A? Giant. And it went for? Double. A double. Oh. And his dad's first hit went for a double as well off Sid Manji of the Philadelphia Phillies. Were you, was this uh, Brian Wilson the closer? He wasn't the closer at the time. He was the eighth. He was the setup man at the setup time. Guy. Still pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah, no. I also found out that I faced Brian Wilson in the Cape Cod League. Had oh, no you didn't idea. even had known that well, no because idea. his beard wasn't there well, yet. Yeah, he was clean shaven at that point, but... Uh, I had a had a buddy, Chris Dickerson, who also played in the big leagues, reach out to me. He said, do you remember Brian Wilson? And I, when he said Brian Wilson, I just wasn't thinking of that Brian Wilson. I was like, who is Brian Wilson? <laughs> who is that? And it's so, he's funny. He sent me a picture of Brian Wilson. Mormon. I was like, oh, that Brian Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> had no idea he was in a Cape Cod with us. I thought that was a great note. Yeah. Thank you to my wife for uncovering that, although anybody could have uncovered it. I'm not sure if they put that up on the board. I think they might have. In that se- you guys got your hit when I on got, the same day. When I got the hit, yeah. I think they put that up on the board in San That's Francisco. That's pretty, uh, pretty crazy right there. Yeah. Oh, same they're saying day. July 19th should be Tony Gwynn Day. Does, there's that there num- there's that number again, Number by 19. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that's why it spoke to me, was the 19. Yeah. Question about scoring what? real quick, Tony. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. No. Oh, do you, from Brandon, do you, if an error gets changed, a hit, or vice versa weeks later, do you go back to that game and correct it? Unfortunately, I'm a maniac. I do go back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's maniac. It, it, happened, it happened in a Padre game where I think Cronenworth was credited with a hit like way later in the season. Oh, no, it was an error. It was an error that they gave or they didn't give to Kim or somebody. And Jesse and I knew, like, this is going to get changed at some point. It took a month or so, but eventually it got changed, and I had to go back. And Went back. And do it. Interesting. 
right, let's play Good some Chris stuff. versus the fans. You can win some fabulous prizes that we'll tell you about shortly. If you had one shot, one opportunity to take down the human almanac himself, howdy do. Now is your time. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. Now is your opportunity to win a prize. Well, I hope you know what you're in for. Chris versus the fans starts now on 97.3 The Fan. All right, chance for you to uh, qualify for a grand prize. Two nights stay, Westgate, Las Vegas. Also, two tickets to see Air Supply. They got a legacy, you know, that spans decades. And Air Supply continues to captivate hearts. Now in their 45th anniversary year, the duo continues to play more than 130 shows a year worldwide. You can join us in celebrating their music and enduring legacy May 31st, June 1st, 2024 at the Westgate International Theater. It's at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. I love the way you asked that question right there. Did you know they have a link? <laughs> they do. They mean, I, I was actually not aware of it I until know, I, I don't know this. why that tickled me so much, but I thought that was hilarious. pretty funny. Glad you liked it. Because <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino features newly designed premier rooms, part of their $70 million room renovations. That's where you get legendary Vegas fun. Rules. The rules, you have to make it through three questions. Each question will get more difficult. If you get the question right, you move on. If you get it wrong and Chris gets it right, you're eliminated. But if Chris gets it wrong, then you move on to the next question or you win. If you're a first-time player, thank you, guys. Please tell us before the first question, and you will get that question for free. Bueno. Bueno. Let's get to our first contestant of the afternoon. Eric, come on down. Hey. How are y'all doing? We're Pretty doing good. well. How about yourself, Eric? Doing well. Um, just real quick, so the dude was talking about Padres wanting to go to a game getting silver. Oh, yeah. I did a 90-day reset. Um, I did attend a Padres game, love baseball. Go with your support system. There you mm. go. Good. Yeah, there if, you you're, go. if you're going to go, have the people there that are supporting you. be a lot easier. That's what I did. Don't deprive yourself of Padres baseball. You know, I'm with you. Make it fun. Enjoy yourself. Go with your support system. I'm with you. Good words, Eric. Good words. And if this person is listening, which I told them we were going to talk about it, but just uh, take some AA friends. Go out there and just be yourself. And if you have to leave, leave. It's not a big deal. I've left many a places because I was uncomfortable. But good stuff, Eric. Thank you for saying that. All right, let's get to the game. First question. What color jersey is worn by the winners of each stage of the Tour de France? Thank you. Uh, yellow? That was yellow a question, but you got it right. correct. <laughs> On to question right. number two. What is the name of the movie about the Boston Red Sox, <laughs> which, is fe- which features, and he tells us all the time, Don Orsillo? Uh, oh, uh, I thought you were Peter Pitch. Yeah. 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 Did you guys like that movie? I did. It was all right. It was good. I thought it was very good, actually. Jimmy Fallon, right? So I grew up kind of a Sox fan. Oh, so you, you should know this one. one. Yeah. No, okay. that was a good one. All right. I yeah, like the done. whole thing where they do the um the the lottery for the season tickets. That is pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. I would love to have like some friends that like were maniacs about a team. The way his for his whole group. You have right. one friend who's a maniac about a team right <laughs> over it's here. A, it's a team I don't like, though, so it's different. <laughs> what? It's 49ers. You're a maniac. I know. They filmed the end because they were expecting the Red Sox to lose. So the, the end part 
had to sort of be filmed like on the spot because they were expecting to be like another loss, another, oh, here comes another season, but they won the World Series. So the, the part at the end where they go on to win the World Series at the very end, that wasn't actually scripted because they had to do that not expecting it to happen. <laughs> I did hear about that. that. Eric giving us uh, insight. Yeah. Here. How about that? Very good. Here we go. Question number three. What MLB player holds the record for most RBIs as a shortstop? Shortstop's one word there, buddy. Is that ever? Uh, total or like in a season? Uh, career. Career. Most career RBIs yes. by a shortstop. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a oh tough man. one, I think. Because guys, sw- guys switch positions. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh... I'm giving Eric extra time because of his great knowledge. I want to say Cal Ripken Jr., but I I feel like that's not right. You got him. You gave him wow. <laughs> I was that was so unlikely that you were going to get that. You 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 got it right on. You you, you took the right tact. You mentioned no, because I was like guys switch positions, but yeah. I felt like the guy played what two million it, it, games. At that's top, that's so. why it was a good good guess. Nice because job, Eric. I think Alex Rodriguez had a lot more RBIs, but he didn't have them all as a shortstop. No, that's right. He moved Mostly to third, third base. Very good. Hang on the line there, Eric. Well done, Eric. That was one of our better contestants in uh, quite some time. Not good only contestant? all three. Not only all three questions answered correctly, but a little knowledge dropped. Not only a little knowledge dropped, but it also some great advice for our, uh, and advice. our, our sober uh, listeners. Yeah, that is Eric, true. Eric, you know, Tony's driving to spring training tomorrow. Do you want to just do the show? I mean, <laughs> Sorry, really? I'll put Eric on hold. Oh, he's, right. he's not there. He's very good. He did a great job. All right, there goes another edition of Chris vs. the Fans. Another opportunity. I don't know if we'll get one tomorrow. I was going to ask Are you, you guys give some questions break? to Adam Klug to read. I, want, I as a matter of fact, we might need to give tune some in. questions to Adam Klug. I want to hear him be the question reader tomorrow. Come on, yes, Spray. you can do it. I, I think Adam Klug should just not show up because you what? called him a tablecloth. <laughs> I didn't call him a tablecloth. Yes, I called his shirt a tablecloth. That's a big he difference. Did, it didn't look like a tablecloth. Though. It, the, 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 he even admitted after looking at well, it. Well, he a little bit. did. You see how hurt he was by it. He the only way out of that was to agree and remove himself from. The situation. <laughs> if you want to see Adam Klug's very nice shirt, you can go to at 973 The Fantasy on X. It's a nice shirt. It is a nice shirt. I would wear it, and Chris would call it a tablecloth. I got sad news for Alabama football fans. On the right, other side? Yeah, yeah, I think this is really sad. I'm personally taking it to heart. Man. Tell That's you about it on the other when side. we come back after a check of traffic on Gwen and Chris. Tony, there are doubts everywhere about the A's because here's the one thing that they have proven themselves adept at, being completely incompetent. You know, I was talking with somebody yesterday uh, doing a story on expansion, and, you know, the, the A's came up because the A's need to be in place in Las Vegas in order for MLB to expand two more teams, which is looking like it's going to be 2030 or so. But, uh, you know, this person who's been dealing with the A's is like, do they do they know what they're doing? Like, is, is this a joke? <laughs> the whole process has been messed up from the start. You know, dating back 20 years to them trying to get a stadium in Oakland, failing to do so, and now they're going to go to Vegas, and all of a sudden it's going to be smooth sailing in a city that really hasn't shown a lot of desire to have you. Uh, The entire thing from the beginning, Tony, has been a disaster, and if this thing fell apart, it would surprise absolutely nobody. Now, Jeff wasn't talking to me there. I know you heard him say Tony there at the end. Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan was not talking to me. However... 
Um, he did get off a couple shots there. I mean, those are you can't even classify those as strays. Those are direct shots. Yes. Uh, the they, nobody there. knows what they're going to do because they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> I, I mean, first of all, I mean, he brings up a bunch of good points because I've heard some of the same things, at least in the baseball circles, like, the the idea that all of a sudden business is going to be run in a way that is that lends people to believe that there's a competent businessman on the other end as jeff seems kind of laughable at this point and we already heard from the mayor in las vegas i know she had to backtrack a little bit but those feelings right. are, are are being those shared are real it sounds feelings. like yeah. she said we don't want them and then she Kind of had to backtrack a little because there's still a possibility Las Vegas will get them. I don't know. The A's have done a good job in only one area that I can think of, and that's the broadcast booth where they brought Jenny in, and you know they got Dallas Braden there, and you know. (laughs) But I mean, other than that, I mean, off the on the field they're a disaster. Off the field they're the worst organization in baseball. And, uh, yeah, I think Passon's bringing up a good – Scraby and I are rooting for chaos here. Yeah, we I don't all know what you, Oh, you are too. Yeah. I mean, I, I want expansion. I would like to see them somehow stay in Oakland under different ownership that, you know, cares about baseball and can find a way to keep them in a city that really loves them. I mean, the A's won, you know, four World Series championships. You know, it's hard to believe, but three in a row in the 70s and then again under our man La Russa, in 1990 or 89. So, you know, it's not like that is a totally, you know, franchise with no history. They've, I, they've you know, they got a history. They just need to, somebody to help them get back to it. You're talking about change in ownership. I, you know, one thing that could get an owner who has no interest in selling off of that uh, alpha, that game plan is to not let him move where he wants to move and have to stay where he's at. Right, um, that because could, if he stays in Oakland, no one's going to support that team, right? right? Right, I would think not. I yeah. would think not. Or maybe it does. What ultimately, I think everybody wants is the new stadium to be, you know, opened up in Oakland. Uh, yes, they, they've had a bunch of different renderings, and that has seemingly gone nowhere by the time it's time for both sides to sit down and talk. But I, I think ideally, that's what everybody, if this Vegas thing isn't going to happen wants to happen. I would also like to see, you know, Vegas get a baseball team if, you know, it's deemed that Vegas really wants one. Right, cuz it, it, it get a it, team that has a chance to succeed. Does it feel like Vegas doesn't actually want a team? It it kind of feels I'm like not that. Sure maybe, they, I don't know if they don't want that, a team or they don't want, they want this owner. Right. That's that's what my other my other uh point was going to be was that Right. Maybe it's that they just are lukewarm on on the owner. I think they are. Yeah, that's um it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Remember, they, they don't have a place to play beyond this year. and Nowhere. The stadium is, is going to open in, what is it, 29? 28, I 28. believe, if all goes well. So, yeah, if all and goes well. And not going well. Usually doesn't go well when it comes to construction. Right. Um, and so it'll be interesting. I mean, who I know Sacramento has reached out in terms of being a place where Oakland could play beyond, you know, 2024. Keeps yeah. them close. Keeps them close. Uh, but it's hot there, though. It's just, you just see. It just seems like that game plan would have already been taken care of if this was any other team. But they have no idea. I mean, <laughs> oh. how do you go into a season? I mean, and how many people are going to actually go to A's games this year in Oakland? It's hard to imagine. Hard to imagine. A lot too many. Yeah. Uh, here's my 
reasoning why Alabama fans are sad today. The Crimson Tide announcing that they're replacing their football broadcaster of 35 years. Eli Gold has been told he will not be coming back as a member of the Alabama football broadcast crew. All he's done is call seven national championship games, 11 Southeastern Conference titles, and 35 bowl games. Eli Gold, I believe, is a legend in Alabama. He told AL.com that he has no plans to retire. He also says that none of this, and he says it's capital N-O-T, not at all health-related. Uh, he I'm to very make, healthy. He wanted to make that point Everything's clear. wonderful. Yes, I'm healthy as a horse. So, at least in his mind, the notion that they're getting rid of him because he's, quote, lost his fastball as a broadcaster. Wait, is that what they said? I'm sorry. No, was, they didn't say that. Oh, okay. I'm that's a, that's a that. term. I yeah. you, that's I a term. No, I know, I know. But I'm assuming, you know, I think if you look at a guy and you say, well, he's 70 years old, they're taking him out as a broadcaster, maybe they're saying... They're kind of intimating that he's lost his fastball. He's making it clear that he doesn't feel that that's the case. Anyway, they've got a new guy that's going to replace him. Uh, his name is Chris Stewart. I wish him the best. It's very difficult stepping in for a legend, especially when maybe the school or Crimson Tide Sports Network wants to make a change. But I doubt that the fans wanted one. I, I, I have a question about like making a change. Mm-hmm. When did it become... Like you can't decide who broadcasts for you anymore because that's that's what they're doing, right? They're they, they're saying that they don't want him to broadcast right. for them anymore. They want a new guy, but why? Like guys, like I guess throughout the country, play by play guys who are being let go are always mad about it. It's like they're allowed to be I, mad. No, about I get it. why they're mad about it. But been what doing I'm it for thirty, he's been doing it for half of his what life. What I'm trying to say, I feel like you know, as I get a you little can older, move I start as a company. But nobody yes, saying you can. that you can't. Yes, you can, but that doesn't mean that people, especially I think in this guy's position, Eli Gold's position, I get a little older, you start thinking about, you know, how how old are you going to be before somebody says, we no longer want you? And a lot of people who are told that feel like they're very capable of continuing to do the job they're being replaced for. I don't think nobody, I don't think anybody is saying teams <clears throat> or whoever can't hire who they want to. Sure. The conversation is coming from the people who are being let go. And my guess is there going to be a bunch of Alabama fans who, you know, are crazy about seeing him go. Now, I'm sure there's a, also a, a Probably of, a few didn't th- like him th- and they're, they're happy like, they're making 100%. a change. I don't think this is like teams are now not allowed to hire who they want. I think nowadays what happens when you fire somebody, there's platforms out there for them to let you know I'm not happy about this. And I understand that, so, for sure. So, you know, I can't be... I, I, how long has he been doing it, Chris? 35. That's a long time, Half man. his life. He's 70. He's 35 wow. for 35 on bowl games. He's seven national championships. I mean, he's a broadcaster, but he's been been through some pretty good times yeah. at Alabama. I wonder if he was a Nick Saban guy. Well, I can't imagine he Nick, wasn't. Though, right? He was, was there before say, Nick, oh, but true. I can't imagine Nick... Yeah, Nick hated him. Can <laughs> no, you imagine no, I meant, him like, staying around under I those like, circumstances? He married, and so the school's like, this is our chance to get his guy out, but oh, it didn't work that way. No, I don't think so. Uh, unless you got something, I'll give away those Padre tickets. Have it. Yeah. All right, we've got Padre tickets to spring training. 
Uh, Scraby, I don't have a read with me here on oh, today's sheet. That would be unfortunate. So I can't make this <laughs> up. I just know that we are giving away oh my gosh, some, you don't have it. some Padre tickets to spring training. Stall, I got it for you. <laughs> stall, um, stall. All right. Well, what we'll do is I'll give you a trivia question. If you call in now, you're going to not be chosen. I got it. So wait wait until the question is ans- asked before you call in to answer it. Locking the phone line. 833-288-0973. But like I said, if you call now, you're going to have no chance of winning, so don't waste your time. And when you call in, have an answer ready. Don't go... Uh, what was the question, Scraby? Because <laughs> he really doesn't like that. He's not a fan. He's not a fan. Uh, you well, want to read the? Yeah. So you, if uh, you call in right now and you and you are selected and you win, you will win a pair of tickets to see your home team in a spring training game at Peoria Sports Complex, and you're qualified for the grand prize. Flyaway trip for two, including spring training tickets, a Southwest gift card, and a one-night hotel stay, made possible by Peoria Sports Complex. Visit peoriabaseball.com. All right, again, wait until the uh, question has been asked before you start dialing in. The first person with the correct answer will win. As you might imagine, the all-time record for most triples in one season by a San Diego Padre is held by Tony's dad. He holds almost all of the records, so that's not surprising. Uh, Tony's dad had 13 triples in 1987. What former Padre matched that number? of triples, and co-holds the record with Tony's dad. Can, All right. Can first you give him the year? Huh? Sorry. Can you give him the year? Nope. Okay. No. Nope. Don't get the year. Don't get the year. What, Sorry. What former Padre matched Tony's dad with a total of 13 triples in one season to share the club record? First person with the correct answer, 833-288-0973. As Tony likes to say, Go. Brandon scores the uh, Padres spring training tickets. Well done, Brandon. He said he knew this one. He said it was just ingrained in his head. Uh, the co- Listen, Go ahead. Listening to the Padres broadcast. Hey, did you mention it? Do no, you recall I, ever mentioning it? The TV broadcast. Yeah. Mud is obsessed uh, Mud with Cat. triples. He loves triples. Uh, you had 23 triples, by the way. I just Whoa. looked this up. Not bad. Michael Jordan triple. Yeah, you had Michael Jordan <laughs> amount of triples. Uh, Dave Roberts, uh, the Dodger manager, is the guy who co-holds the Padre single-season record with uh, Tony's dad, 13 apiece. You had six was your uh, high-water mark, yeah. Mr. Junior. Yeah. Uh, that was with the Padres one year, and also you did that with the the hated Dodgers. Oh, I'm seeing a bunch of people in the chat. Answer my call. I'm sorry. I didn't look at the chat. <laughs> well, we can't answer your call. We already had a winner. Yep. When I win a chicken dinner. Yeah. All right. Uh, 439 is the time. It's Chris. It's Tony. It's Scraby. It's Gwen and Chris. It's 97.3. The fans still to come in the 5 o'clock hour. Tony and I discuss the retirement that was announced earlier today by Eric Hosmer. We'll uh, get into that a little bit later on. But right now, Scraby will get mad if I don't check traffic and go to his big five. It's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories will astound and amaze you. The one, the only. Oh my God, who the hell cares? 
The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan. All right. The Odyssey app lets you jump back to the moments you missed on 97.3 The Fan. While you're listening to 97.3 The Fan, you can see what you missed and click click to listen on demand. Missed a guest, feature, or if something crazy that happened from earlier, we've got you covered. Oh. Download the free Odyssey app, search 97.3 The Fan, and tap earlier today to get started. I also put some really thoughtful captions on our chapters as well, so you can go over and see that. Number five. Let's start with you, Darvish, and something I saw online earlier. I was looking for some big five stuff this morning, and in my searching, I saw this title from a Dodgers fan website, and the title of the article was this. Quote, you Darvish's comments already prove the Dodgers are in the Padres' heads. End quote. So naturally, I clicked on it to see what was written, see what you said to get into the Dodgers to get in his head. And then I had to click on another another news source because the Dodgers site didn't really give me anything. But I found this quote on the other news source. Quote, things are getting even... This is you, Darvish. Things are getting even more exciting with the Dodgers signing of Otani and Yamamoto. We want to outper- outperform them as much as possible. End quote. Chris... Do you think was this, this a Dodger fan that had the original quote that got you looking at this article? It was a Dodgers fan website. Website, okay. Chris, do you think this signals the Dodgers being in the Padres' heads? Scared to death. <laughs> I mean, you Darvish didn't say anything like that. He just said that it's interesting that Yamamoto and Otani may play in the games in Korea. Yeah. What does that have to do with the Dodgers being in the Padres' head? The reason the Dodgers would be in the Padres' head is not because of anything Darvish said. The reason they might be in their head is because they've won about 90% of the regular season games over the last three years. You know, Padres got that playoff, and uh, we all love and cherish it. But, yeah, they might be in their heads a little just because they've beaten them so often. I mean, I I think that would be natural. I don't think there's any... You know, of course, a Dodger fan's going to make a big deal out of it. But. I was about to say, I mean, they, they, they're they going to say, you could say the sky is, is blue, and they'd be like, ah, the Dodgers are in your oh, head. Yeah, you're so thinking Dodgers, about blue. There's the Dodger blue up there. Yeah. I mean, these just, are Dodger fans' websites. Why right. do you go to these things? <laughs> yeah, why, why are you on that? Get screen? out of there. I, I'm telling you, when I go through my news on my phone, it always pops up with something like that, like... Just stupid stuff on my Google News. Yeah. Well, you just said it was stupid, so move on from it. Jeez. And away from it. Oh my goodness. Well, I I, I, I I think the Dodgers are in your head, Chris, because you're very angry about this. Fair point. Fair point. All right. I'm let's... feeling rather blue today. Okay. Oh, the Dodgers are in your head. Yes, they are. Damn right. Number four. At least we don't have to wear those baseball pants. That's all I the care sheer, about. The sheer pants? Yes. I also got a text message from someone. It, it's becoming hilarious how many people are making fun of these pants. All right. Diamondbacks, they just went to the World Series. Ken Kendrick, their owner, is now putting down the gauntlet to the city of Phoenix. Here is Ken Kendrick talking about the future of the Diamondbacks in Arizona. Well, we... <laughs> We, we aren't having those conversations. There are, there are opportunities available. You know, there are other cities that would covet having Major League Baseball. I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, speaking out of school to say that. And those names are they're prominent cities uh, that would love to have a Major League team. We're not in dialogue with those communities, but, you know, we, we are aware of what is going on. There, there is likely to be, in time, an expansion 
of our sport to a couple of additional cities. Cities are letting uh, MLB know their interest. Their interest in getting a team is specific. Uh, they would be happy with a brand new franchise, but they would certainly be very happy, you know, with frankly a successful existing franchise. It's not where we are spending time or energy. Uh, uh, we All right, I've heard enough of Ken Kendrick. <laughs> By the way, if you were to say, "What does an MLB owner look like?" It's Ken Kendrick. Just look up a picture of him. Every owner looks like that. <laughs> also. <laughs> Except for the Padres owner, because oh, yes. he doesn't. No, honestly, he doesn't. But okay. at the the X account for the Diamondbacks is also one of the most high school things I've ever seen. It's at PHNX underscore D-backs. Like, come on, people. Get a real account. All right. So with that all said. I hung up on their account name. Uh, Tony, <laughs> is this... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Are, are these um, shakedown attempts going to work for these teams? This is a negotiation, and this is you know par for the course. Um, this is it's funny, right? Because they were asking for Mr. Kendrick was asking for a stadium last year. Like they just got a stadium like 20 years ago, right? It's, it's been a little longer than 20. I'm gonna look it up. Chase no, it's about 20. You're about right. You're about right. A little over 20. Either way, according to him, the stadium is um, not up to par. And I and I will say, they they used to have this kind of cool scoreboard thing that was up in the right left field corner. Okay. They completely don't even use that anymore. Like, it's just up there. Some of the light bulbs mm. work. Some of them don't. 1998. 1998. And you would think that a, uh, getting to a World Series may, you know, that usually was like plan A. Get to a World Series if you want a, a stadium. Um, but it doesn't seem like that is moving in that direction at all right now in Arizona. And it, and it brings up an interesting case for Major League Baseball. They want to expand two teams, but... Arizona moving to one of those cities is an expansion. It's just a relocation. So now if they were to move out of Arizona, are you putting another team back there? Are you going to one of the many cities? I know Salt Lake City is building a a nice facility. They want to bring a baseball team there. I I think Major League Baseball is going to have some decisions to make here, Not not, not even discounting the A's situation that is not even fully clear yet. But I think this is par for the course, man. What was your actual, exact, your actual question? Are, are these shakedown attempts going to work? I don't know. In today's climate, they may not. Yeah. Uh, Matt says that it's a dump. I've never been there, so I don't it's know. It's not the Really? <laughs> Matt, I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> Matt's already said it for me. Wow. It, it's not a... It's not... State of the art. No. Oh, it's, wow. not even, it's not even whatever below state of the art is. Hmm. They, they, I mean, this, Take this care of your stadium, stadium has had issues for a while, not just from a, um, a viewing standpoint. They had so many issues with the grass from the time they built that stadium, which is why two years ago they finally decided to move to the synthetic stuff. And I don't know. It, I can see why people call it a dump. <laughs> I, I enjoyed playing baseball in that stadium. Though. Well, you, you also played when it was new. I guess 26 years is a long time for a stadium, I mean, but not dog, long. I was in it. it wasn't brand new when I was playing in it. 2008? 2010? 2011? 2012? No, 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 13? Like 13, 14 years 14? old. 14? All right, jeez. 
I called Tony Old and he didn't like it. <laughs> Chris, are these shakedown attempts by owners going to work? I'm going to call Ken Kendrick Old. He's 80 years old. Uh, huh. So if you're the Phoenix area and you don't like his, quote, shakedown attempt, be patient. <laughs> <laughs> Did that just happen? Did that just happen? Be patient. All right. Um, look, I. it's easy for me to say this because it's not my city, but it bothers me when a billionaire starts claiming that he can't, you know, afford a new stadium. Can't he you can, put, like, a different person out front to say this stuff for you? Right. It, it just doesn't go, look good. It doesn't. It just doesn't. He's a billionaire. He's, you know, been owner of the managing general partner of the team for 20 years. I'm sure he's made more money than he'll ever know what to do with or ever need at this point of his life. So I will give them. I'm not a big fan of these shakedown attempts, but I do think that Tony's right. There's a negotiation that has to take place, and this is part of it. I guess I have a solution for them. They could take all the money that they make on the beer sales that they extended and put that back into stadium improvements. So there you go. They were one of those teams, Chris. Number three. Let's go to football for a second. Let's talk about Justin Fields and his future because he did the whole thing where he unfollows the team he plays for on Instagram. And then when Fields was broached about the subject, he initially responded with a joke. He said, why do people take social media so serious? But then he ended up going on and saying, quote, I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollowed the Bears and the NFL. I'm not trying, just trying to have football on my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. I heard end that. Quote. Um, so, Chris, you are up on this one. As an athlete, does unfollowing your employer open you up to questions? I guess it does because you're asking the question. <laughs> so. I, I, I think it's a pretty simple thing for these guys you unfollow your employer yeah what's I mean, going on i don't really know why you would do it there's really no need you just can you can still follow them and just not look at all this stuff it's a much easier way to do it it doesn't open you up to as much scrutiny i i just think the bears are making a big mistake if that's what they want to do i yeah, i would keep I this agree. guy and i would trade down and i would get marvin harrison and i'd go to work from there i get some better coaches if need be to work with him and try to rein him in a little bit but I've seen this guy be incredibly tough to stop. Uh, not often, but I've seen it, so I know it's there. They just got to bring it out of him more often. So that's my thing on Justin Fields. But it's probably not a great look to unfollow your employee. I mean, if I unfollowed 97.3 at FanSD, I think maybe would anybody one, or, know? one or two people would ask a question if they knew. But who are the losers that are checking out if Justin Fields is just following his team. The same losers that are in the comments uh, saying whatever they're saying. Oh, is this why you unfollowed the team? <laughs> um, I, I think you are opening yourself up a question, which is why I say don't follow him from the beginning. Just don't no, even go on social good. media. Then you, then you don't well, have to worry it's easy about for you to say, yeah, Scraby. I mean, you, you say it every day and you're media. on it every minute. On vacation, I can... I can put away X Here's on vacation. If you won't Justin be able Fields to. is telling us that the Bears are the only team he follows, so that way he doesn't see any football on his feed. Cool, I I, I'm, I can get down. So with he's that. not going to hear. He's not going to see any college football. He's not going <laughs> to see any of the other NFL teams. I, I think what he's saying, he doesn't want to see his name in the trade rumors. That's, that's I can really understand that. Been the talk of really the NFL. There's no more games, so they're talking about the draft. Which has everything to do with him. Yeah, so I get why yeah. he's like, I don't want to see it. But your question is, 
Should you expect questions yes. when you unfollow your team? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I would advise you can be in the know on everything your team is doing. But you don't have to follow. And that way, if you know, if you're feeling some type of way, having a bad day, or you actually don't want to play for that team anymore, you don't have to answer these questions. Um, you guys actually did made a mistake, and you followed Adam Klug after like four years of working with him. So now you can't unfollow him, or else I will be checking have, every single day. I have no issues. With unfollowing Adam and him knowing it, <laughs> I don't. Need, I don't need to follow Adam Klug. I did so, but I mean, he kind of gets in touch with me about twelve <laughs> right. times a day to begin with. So I, I, I do appreciate that. Really Adam has worked here for over five years, and you guys just followed him like a month I, ago. Because that's not. That, it's a little it's, fair to say that, but I only follow somebody when their name like pops up in front of me, and I click I the follow button. I'm a hundred percent. I that. never look around for anyone. I didn't even so. know Adam was following me until you said yeah. that. We we actually. Actually, we're talking about this like a month ago, and I never brought it up because it never was the right time. But you guys are mean. (laughs) Did we really just start following this? this Like recently, recently. (laughs) like Adam came in and was like, you want to hear something funny? And I was like, what? He was like, I've been following Tony for like five years. And he just he just followed me back or he doesn't follow me. And Chris just followed me. I promise I didn't know. All right. How much does how much money does Caitlin Clark make? Well, she makes more than some NBA players and currently ranks 40th among the top 100 NIL personalities with an annual valuation of around $818,000, making her the fourth richest women's college basketball player. These figures actually place her ahead of some well-known NBA players in terms of NIL earnings, such as Jordan Miller of the Clippers and Minnesota's Jalen Clark. So, Tony, do you think NBA players should make more? Than NIL athletes. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Depends on, I guess, the athlete and the name and likeness that we're talking about. I did see that Adam Silver, you know, they have the uh, Ignite team that really, prior to the NIL thing that came came out, what, last year, um, was kind of the NBA's version of that. They're talking about disbanding that now because the kids they were getting for that Ignite team probably are more likely to go to college now because the NIL is so lucrative. And so um, I think the pros ultimately should be paid more. But the difference here is those student-athletes are being paid for their name and likeness. The pros are being paid for their production and Mm -hmm. what they're bringing on the actual court. So if we're talking the actual game itself, yes, the pros should be paid more. But that's not what NIL is. Chris? Caitlin Clark's a one of a kind, so yeah. I, I don't know that she applies to too many discussions. But in this case, go girl, get what you can. She's doing a lot for a lot of other young yes, women she too. Is. So, still can't believe what you said about Ken Kendrick. It was a little harsh. Uh, we don't need to do number one. It was about the uniforms. We've already talked about Major League Baseball uniforms. They don't look good, and if you want. Just go look up Shohei Otani in his picture, and you'll see why. All right, when we get back. Don't look too wide open. Yes, (laughs) When we get back, the top news stories of the day on 97.3 The Fan. Into the happy hour. Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, Chris Ello, stepping out for about 12, 15 minutes. They'll be back for for the next segment. Uh, Scraby and I are just going to. Happy hour this way through uh, for the next 59 minutes. And so we haven't really talked a ton of Padre baseball other than the fact that the season, the preseason or spring training season kicks off tomorrow. Uh, But 
There were Padres at work today. Yes, there were. Mike Schilt mm-hmm. is doing what he's going to do for the next month. Is talk to the media in the morning, give you the scrump scrape. Why don't you take us through some of the Mike Schilt chat? You know, I didn't realize that Mike Schilt was a funny guy. He's got a, he's got a he's got some humor. Yeah. he's got some uh, he, he's got like a dry humor he a does, little bit a little bit. But I think this is the first question everybody wants to know: Is Manny Machado going to play tomorrow? And who are the regulars going to be in tomorrow's starting lineup? Um, well, we haven't finalized that with our guys, so I don't want them to hear it through us. But most of them do know. But I would expect you to see a um, good representation in our infield and our outfield. It's fair. <laughs> Where will Manny be? Manny will be enjoying the contest. Um, close to me, not right beside me, but close to me. Manny's um, training in a really good place. Was one to clearly be smart. And you can expect a DH game out of him if things progress as they are sooner rather than later. Would that mean Xander at second tomorrow, likely? You guys are great. I love <laughs> I love the persistence. I applaud it. I don't I think it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I um, inquiring minds will continue to want to know. <laughs> See he anybody he I mean Mike Schilt is doing nothing different than what AJ does. Eric does, Gruppner. They answer the question. They don't give you a lot. But at least he adds a little color, right? He, he does. He, he puts the little commentary. I, you guys are persistent. I like that. I like that. He does. He's trying to, like, at least. He's acknowledging that I know you have to ask me this question. Guess what? I'm still not giving you the answer, but we can laugh about it. But what's the point in not giving away that Xander's playing you second base tomorrow? You, you know what, Scrape? Honestly. There is no point? I don't know. It's a coach I, it's, thing? It's just been the way it is been since I've been able to comprehend what was going on. We should assume that he's playing second base tomorrow, right? We could. Maybe he's not. What I do know about managers, GMs, executives, they don't want to say something and then it not happen because then you have to answer the questions on why. Sometimes there's a good answer why. Sometimes there's an answer that you don't want everybody to know why. And so as opposed to putting themselves out there, they'd rather just say, hmm, I'm not going to reveal that right now. Because in, especially in spring training, so many things can happen. A guy can – it happens literally every year. Guy's in the lineup for a spring training game. He's scratched before the game starts. Yeah. You didn't have to answer the questions. Why did you say he's going to play and then he didn't play? And, you know, if it's a reason that you don't mind sharing, then it's not a big deal. But a lot of times you do mind sharing it. You don't want everybody to know what that reason is. Maybe it's injury. Maybe it's something personal. Um, and so it just gives you a, a little bit of, of out. But that's the best answer I got for you, Scrape. No, that's <laughs> good. That no, that's definitely good. Um, Mike Schultz was also – this is a storyline we have to start paying attention to with the game starting and the season upcoming. But you, Darvish, is beginning to throw a little bit later than some of the other pitchers. And so uh, the media asked Mike Schultz about his timeline. I don't think necessarily. I mean, the lives are – we have value in the lives. And, and again, guys with more experiences and, and um, comfort levels, them being able to get built up in lives and work on some things – and actually with without you know in a more of a controlled environment is, is important to be able to get guys to get to get built up so it's a fine line because we don't want to overcorrect and, and sit there and go okay we feel like we've got to 
rush and get everybody ready, which we clearly are going to be for for Korea. We also don't want to ramp up and be mindful that, you know, two games clearly are important. We have 160 after that. Um, so, you know, we can all do the math on, on that. Do you currently expect Darvish to start one of those two games? I currently have some thoughts about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mike. That's a good answer. <laughs> I currently have some thoughts about it. I, I wonder. I mean, it's a good answer because he's not going to give us any information. And no, I understand again, why that. Again, and quite frankly, why do you need to know? And why do we need to know who is going to start on March 21st? Because we've been waiting for the season you to start. Still, we want to know. Guess what? After I tell you, you still are going to wait. No, then we break down you, Darvish, in the second game of the year for the next month. <laughs> See? That's ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, again, he's going to do the dance. He's going to do the, the whole, you know, song and dance with the media on things that he doesn't want to reveal. And why would he reveal? I mean, I'll say this. I know uh, Dave Roberts has revealed his two starters. Somebody gets hurt. Then guess what? That's going to change anyway. So, you know, or if somebody has a setback, whatever it could be. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know that we need to know. I think – if they're healthy, they're likely to start this, those one. Tim and Joe are likely to start <laughs> games one and two. All right. I want to know now, but it's it's fine. I'm not going to know. I'm not going to know. It's You're okay. part of this microwave. Microwave society? society. Yeah, are you kidding it. me? Got to have it now. Uh, let's hear about the knuckleballer, Matt Waldron. Matt Waldron. Yes. He's he... not a knuckleballer. He's a guy with a knuckleball. Oh, it's okay. Different. Well, Mike Schultz was asked about the development of his knuckleball, so here's what he said. Yeah, I was really pleased with Matt last year. Um, I know he had a good offseason. You know, it's a good conversation because he's got an outlier pitch in the knuckleball, um, but he, I don't necessarily think we want to label him, not that you are, a knuckleball pitcher. Um, this guy has other pitches that that you look at one of the, the, the knuckleball complements those. Um, and we also want to be able to him to have it as a weapon, which it clearly is. And this thing's this thing's nasty. Um, so, you know, it's pitching, right? Or pitching is disruption of timing. So he's got the uh, he's got a, a multiple arsenal, um, including the knuckleball, and just blending it in appropriately to make sense based on the moment of competition. I would you like get, to apologize. To yeah, Matt I told Aldrin. you you better stop calling him a knuckleballer. Mike didn't like. that. I think it's kind of cool to say knuckleballer. He's not a knuckleballer, but he is a knuckleballer. He has a knuckleball. That'd be like calling somebody who has a curveball a curveballer. Oh, he's a curveballer. <laughs> no one's ever said that you know, in the saying, history of baseball. He's not a knuckleballer. <laughs> he could be, but he's not. Right now, he still uses his other pitches at a high enough percentage where you can't call him a knuckleballer. He doesn't I, call himself a knuckleballer. Okay, then I won't call him a knuckleballer because I don't want to call Did him somebody Did you hear the like. kind of baseball nerd come out of Mike as he was answering that question like, he like tickled himself inside. He was like, "This guy's nasty. It's this thing is nasty." And then he kind of went back into answering the question. He did. He yeah, did. Yes, he's, I, he's, I didn't quite catch it like you did, but I'm going to go back a, and he's watch. He's a later. baseball lifer, man. He definitely is. Um, something a little bit different. This is not from Mike Schilt, but this is from Sammy Lev and Jake Cronenworth. Sammy Lev got it, to do an interview. This is a two minute clip. But I think what. Jake Cronenworth says about bringing a championship to San Diego is pretty fun to listen to. How do you like San Diego just as a whole? I mean, I, it seems like you love it. Yeah, I love San Diego. I mean, you know, getting traded over in 20 and obviously 
didn't really know what to expect. A little older, older of a player, and you know, uh, you know, outside of the baseball part, just the city, what it has, what it provides. There, um, the fans at the stadium, like. I don't think there's a better place to play in baseball. It would seem to me, I mean, it feels like we don't talk about it a lot because there's focus on the play on the field, there's focus on money, the contracts, all of it. But being in a place you really like and as pretty and wonderful as San Diego is, like day to day, that could make a really big difference. Man, I think yeah, it's a great way to put it. I, like I said, man, there's, I don't think there's a better place from the city of San Diego, the weather, the beach, the ocean. Um, you know, the military's there. You got all yeah. this stuff going on. The stadium's right downtown. The fans, you know, everything involved just makes it such an attractive place. And, and when you're there and you really get to enjoy it, you know, it's, it's one of a kind. Going off how you, about, how you feel about the city and the fans, I mean, what would it mean to you personally if, if it's this year, if it's at some point during this contract, this group was able to bring that championship to that city. Yeah, I mean, you can see I'm getting chills right now. Um, you know, obviously that's the main goal for all of us. And, you know, we're the only team in town. I know we got some other sports teams as well, but, you know, we're, you know, I feel like the city kind of, you know, ebbs and flows with us. And, you know, I don't think a lot of players realize that, but, you know, to kind of feel that from the fan base, like they're living it. Yeah. as much as we are and to hopefully bring that first championship to a city especially a city like san diego that's so close um man that day's gonna be special that's an astute observation from a non-san diegan there that is that the city kind of ebbs and flows with what the padres are doing and it's so true it wasn't always that way i, I would argue that that was the role of the chargers yeah. for a long time but once they moved away the padres have stepped into that fold uh, Jake was it was a lot like myself when he got traded. He was older, twenty six, twenty five. I think he was turning twenty six during the during the season in July. Um, I got traded here when I was twenty six, and um, what's different is I I kind of knew what I was walking into. He didn't. It was a it was a blank canvas for him, and um, he had a great first two seasons. He struggled a little bit the last two. Um, I'm just looking forward for him. I'm looking forward to seeing him just kind of get back to, to being Jake. Yeah. I, I don't think he needs to be required to be a voice or a leader. He he just needs to go out and just play this year. Because we've seen, we've seen it. And uh, on Eric Hosmer Retirement Day, everybody should thank Eric Hosmer for discovering Jake Cronenworth because – Eric Hosmer goes out during the 2020 season. Jake Cronenworth comes in. We never look back. Eric could be credited with a lot. Toddy, he was one of the dudes who walked up into AJ's uh, office. Oh, about like, getting him on the opening day roster. He needs to be on the opening oh, day yeah, roster. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jake Cronenworth was another one. I mean, Manny's here virtually because uh, Eric was here. Because they're friends. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation we're going to get into, but... Um, Someone on the chat says, I really enjoyed the interview, but what's up with that heavy equipment noise in the background? Yeah. Well, you have it, no control it's, over this. It's the beginning of spring training. Yeah. Some things are still pulling up, showing Delivering. up. Delivering. Yeah. Cars, I, things of that nature. 
The one thing I will say about going to spring training that makes me nervous is that they blast music in the batting cages. Yes, they do. And they obviously it's, don't it's have censored music. It's not edited. And, and then whenever no one's even there, it's just <laughs> blasting. And I'm like, <laughs> so one day I went to go look to turn it off, and then I got caught real quick by by someone. I'm not going to reveal who it was, but they said, you do not want to go <laughs> yeah, in there. Probably. You will never get back I'm on this thing I, again. I'm glad that I didn't see you walking towards that place. Because I would have had to stop. Well, I'm you sorry. Right the, uh, the the Kendrick Lamar was not working with our radio show. <laughs> hey, we in their space. That's how it goes, buddy. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to break. Speaking of Eric Hosmer, Chris and I will discuss his new podcast and his retirement when we return. More Gwen and Chris on the way. Gwen and Chris rolling through a happy hour on this Wednesday. Hope your Wednesday's happy. I don't know about you, Tony Gwynn Jr., but I uh, I reckon I saw dozens and dozens of celebration parties going on in America's finest city today. People gathering in the streets, shooting off fireworks, celebrating the news that our old friend Eric Hosmer announced his retirement today. Uh, I only I say that. Where you were going with that? Yeah, I only say that in jest because obviously nobody actually out and out celebrated. But you know, it's an interesting conundrum. Eric Hosmer and his time here with the Padres uh, was it as bad as everybody made it out to be? I mean, you know, he would acknowledge that statistically he didn't do the kinds of things that he wanted to do, right? But what was it about Eric Hosmer that, for whatever reason, Tony, seemed to rub everybody around here the wrong way? He never got on San Diego's good side. I, I don't know, honestly. I mean, outside of performance, which is understandable for any fan base to be yeah. upset about, I can't put my finger on, on what it was. I thought of Eric as a good clubhouse guy, a guy that... Uh, generally led especially the young guys in the right direction and, and gave them guidance. So, I mean, outside of that, I don't know, you know, outside of the performance, I don't really know what it was that had people up in arms. If it was just a performance, I think that's fair. But beyond that, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss. Yeah, it seemed like the, the, the dislike, if you can use that term, Certainly went beyond performance with Hosmer. And, you know, it's interesting to me. I mean, he dropped a pop fly or didn't catch a pop fly at the end of a game in Houston. You remember that one, Tony, right? Yep. And he came down the first baseline and and the ball dropped. and, And people still refer to that to this day. Every time I'm playing softball, if anybody even comes close to missing a pop up, it's oh, you Eric Hosmer that one. Yeah, I'm like, wow, that's five years ago. It's still on everybody's mind, and on a couple of other occasions, he instead of stepping toward the throw at shortstop in order to handle a bounce or to try and make a play, he stepped backwards right into foul territory. Something that I have seen many other first basemen do. Yeah. In order to avoid a runner, in order to you know get a throw, but I think once he did that and the throw got away, and forever and ever in the minds of San Diegans, the worst first baseman who ever 
played the position. Yeah. And it's yeah. just I, I don't I don't want to say it's unfair, but it was unfair. It was too much for really minor transgressions. It, it just seemed like those were those particular incidents were happening as he wasn't swinging the bat yeah. well. And so, like, it became like this big ball of, uh, I, I think, nonsense, ultimately. Uh, because, again, outside of performance, which is a completely fair thing to be, you know, to be on him about, there was nothing else there. And so uh, I think, ultimately, you just lean on the fact that he got, you know, a pretty good chunk of change to come here to San Diego. And I think, as you you heard him him admit at this point, that he did the performance wasn't up to his st- uh, his standard either. Yeah, well, and, here, and, and that's and that's ultimately you know how it it, it really should have ended. Yeah, it's just amazing how the narrative went here about Eric Hosmer, and don't think that he didn't recognize it. Oh, uh, he did, and he said as much. Now he had a, a pod, he has a podcast, a new podcast that uh, today is where he announced his retirement, and he addressed. What happened, you know, while he was in San Diego, admitting that he did not perform up to his expectations, but at the same time kind of wondering why the narrative was so negative. You know, when I went to San Diego, I'll be the first to admit the performance wasn't what I wanted it to be, wasn't what I envisioned it to be. But at the same time, you know, some of the stuff that was being being written or some of the stuff that I read or people had tell me was, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't doing that due diligence in the locker room. I was actually doing the opposite of pulling people apart. And that's something to me where I felt like I was on an island right there. Like, I want to tell my story. I want to be able to tell people what's, what's going on here, what's really happening. But I just didn't have that platform. And I feel like baseball players in general don't have that platform. Well, the good news for Eric Hosmer, I guess, Tony, is now he has the platform. He's got yeah. his podcast, so he can say <laughs> and give his side of the story. But it's it's just interesting how things snowballed on him here in San Diego. I mean, this is a guy, if you look at his career, right, World Series champion and regarded as one of the reasons why they won that world championship in Kansas City. He yep. wasn't just a guy that was on the team. He was one of the leaders that helped them win that title. He's an all-star. He's a gold glove winner. But in the minds of San Diegans, he stole our money, right? And And, and that's just... I guess that just goes with it. Anytime a guy comes to town and, and doesn't perform the way they wanted to. Yep. I mean, that's, and, you know, it'll be interesting because I, I have no doubt that Haas will have plenty of guys that people want to hear from on, on this platform. Right. But it'll be interesting to see, it had Haas had this platform, right, would he have been comfortable enough to go on and be like, listen, that is, this is just plainly not true and get into detail about it right because right. that's ultimately what he wasn't uh, wasn't really comfortable going into and more importantly didn't feel there was a space for it and so it'll be interesting to see when guys come on there if there is something along these lines yeah how willing will they be to go forward and you know kind of really peel the curtain back of what's going on in the clubhouse that's usually sacred ground and and yeah. because it, when you think about it that was part of the reason we never heard from Hans. I think he's a big time believer in those some of the old school values that a clubhouse has. And so as stuff started to leak out, 
um, it would be it would have been interesting if that platform was around at that point. Yeah, but what really you know leaked out, and and how much truth was there to whatever leaked <laughs> out? I mean, it, people just assumed that he was divisive somehow in the clubhouse. I. I don't ever recall a story I can't saying that Eric Hosmer was divisive in the clubhouse, but everybody just uh, kind of went with that as fact. Yeah, I, I, as as he was saying that, I was trying to harken back to think who who would have written an article saying as much. And maybe there was it, listen there, over his tenure, there were there were a lot of things going on at different times, right? Um, but the narrative is de- was definitely out there, but I can't remember an article actually stating that. He was being divisive. Now, again, I could have I could have missed it in in that case. Well, you obviously were traveling with the team. I mean, and uh, obviously, you know, I mean, you you saw many instances of this divisiveness. No, you didn't. (laughs) didn't And that's my point. Right. So but, you know, this has been going on in sports for forever. Really, Hosmer's probably the latest, you know, one to be affected by it, at least here in San Diego. I mean, Tommy Pham came to San Diego. We've uh, we've documented that many times. This guy's had a great career. He had one season that wasn't up to what he normally does. Happened to be here in San Diego. All of a sudden, he was a, you know, a, a bad dude and, and and you know, argued with the fans and got into issues and had that one off-field incident. Look, if Tommy Pham would have hit 25 home runs that year and hit you know, 290 and driven in, you know, his normal 80 runs, the incident would have been swept under the rug. Right. But that just doesn't happen anymore. It goes all the way back. I I remember a player for the Angels when I was growing up by the name of Lyman Bostock, and he ended up dying in a, a car accident several years after this. But this guy was an all-star, had been one for the Minnesota Twins, and the Angels signed him in the early days of free agency. And he came to the Angels, and Tony, he could not get a hit for like the first four months of the season. And I remember this guy, his hair was falling out. He was he, he went uh, in story, you know, newspaper articles. They didn't have the same social media, obviously, they do now. But he said, I want to give my salary back. Right. I don't even want my salary. I feel like I've let so many people down. And, you know, of course, the fans were on his case and on the organization's case. And, uh, you know, this had nothing to do with, uh, the you know, his passing several years later. But my point being, these guys are people right. and they recognize what's going on. And there is an inherent pressure in signing a free agent contract. Without somewhere. a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and we don't really think of it in that way. We just assume you're getting a ton of money. So your life is perfect now, and it doesn't always work out that way. I mean, in a perfect world, it does, right? You yeah, sign right. a deal, you cut first year of the deal, you have one of your career years, and yeah. yet you just keep doing that every year. I mean, it, it never works like that. Right. But, um, I, I, and, and Eric is not the only example of signing someplace and it not working out the way that people envisioned it. And so, I don't know, I, I'm happy that he's uh, – He's content where he is in terms of actually being willing to announce his retirement, and now he's got a a platform that I, I think is going to be pretty successful. Yeah, well, the uh, I, I think the final story on Eric Hosmer maybe hasn't a hundred percent been written, but Eric Hosmer is going to go down in the minds of most baseball fa- most baseball fans as a really, really much better than average player. Yeah 
who won sure. a World Series, who helped his team. Helped lead his team to a World Series. Lead his team, all-star, gold-glove performer. He's going to go down like that everywhere but here. Right. In San Diego. So, Eric, congratulations on your retirement. And, uh, no, I did not see a single party being had here in San Diego no. in the wake of that news. <laughs> we will take a break, come back, our interview of the day, more Gwen and Chris as we roll towards 6 o'clock, and then Scraby takes over with the Chronicles. Gwen and Chris on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. Back here in the Odyssey Palace on 97.3 The Fan. It's just me. Getting ready for the Scraby Chronicles, as they say. I am Matt Scraby, by the way, if you didn't know. Uh, Chris is calling the Aztecs women's basketball game. And, uh, you know, I let Tony out a little bit early because he wanted to go see his daughter's championship game. That is why he is still in San Diego, after all. He's going to be driving out tomorrow morning to Peoria. And he uh, should be on the call with Jesse Agler. It's going to be aired right here on 97.3 The Fan. So, noon. Make sure you tune in because you're going to hear your first sounds of baseball in 2024. I think I've said this before. I think I've actually said this many times before. But there's something that I just love. Love, 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 love about baseball on the radio. I think it's one of the best things. It's one of the reasons I'm in sports radio is listening to baseball. And if you have good announcers like we do, good color analysts, good play-by-play guy, it's even better because those guys, if you've never really listened to the radio broadcast, I look it. And then we're going to hear from Mark Ziegler, who is still in Logan, Utah. So he'll give us an update on what happened with the Aztecs last night. And then you get the Scraby show at six o'clock, which I am going to, uh, which I am going to talk about Eric Hosmer. I'm actually going to present three different perspectives. I'm going to present, I'll get to that a little bit, but I'm going to present three different perspectives on this Hosmer thing during the Scraby show around 6.15, 6.20. But I want to pump up Jesse and Tony real quick because as a sports talk guy, I love sports talk shows. And when you're listening to the game, you kind of get a sports talk show that is in the middle of a baseball game. So it's an easy listen, and I cannot wait to tune in tomorrow. I cannot wait. Scrabinators in the chat. Scrabinators are showing up early. No, Anthony, I'm not going to name. There's something that everybody wants me to say. I'm not going to do it. But we do have Mark Ziegler, and we do have some traffic. So let's hear from Mark Ziegler. He's going to talk about with the guys earlier. He talked about the Aztecs losing to Utah State. And he also kind of gave us some insight into some of the insults that Utah State fans throw at the Aztecs or through at the Aztecs. Mark, I guess my first question is, you know, you wrote up this weekend how the Aztecs are, you know, were were uh, ranked number four by the uh, committee. Uh, they would get a four seed had the tournament started today. And, you you know, you went into great detail about how those seedings normally hold. Uh, do you feel that the seeding holds despite the loss last night? I think so. And the reason is they were 14th overall. Um, not 16th. And so that, that gives them a two-team cushion to falling out of the four-seed line to the five-seed line. And I think a, a, a quad one win on the road where they were not favored is not going to hurt them that much. It'll maybe hurt them a little bit. But like Joe Lenardi, who you know puts out daily um, uh, bracketology this time of year, he had them as the 16th team overall. Uh, and so that means they dropped two spots, but they're still a four-seed. Now, 
I think what it did do is their margin of error is gone. Right. So uh, if you're going to lose again, it better be to a really good team and you better not be favored. And that's going to be hard to do the rest of the way. Now, if they get into the conference tournament, they get to the semis, the finals, I think the committee's pretty much got the, the, you know, the one through four seats done. And they're worried about the 11s and 10s and that type of thing. So if they get to the semifinals of the conference tournament without a loss, I think they're okay. Um, but they can't lose any of these next four. They just cannot lose any of them because none of them are quad one wins. And even though, you know, they always struggle at Fresno State on the road and UNLV is going to be really, really hard, uh, I think they have to win them. Yeah. Yeah, it would seem so. I mean, you kind of hit on it a little bit, Mark. The Aztecs have just struggled in the conference on the road. They just have not been able to get over the hump. I mean, you've been at all of these games. Is there a reoccurring theme in in these losses on the road? Oh, every single time it's the same thing. They're close in the second half, and that's the encouraging thing. They're not getting blown out. Even in the game at, at New Mexico, they lost by 18. You know, people forget that was a one-point game yeah. midway through the second half. They were up 12 in the first half. They play well enough to win in these games, but the problem is when they when they get uh, into crunch time or they get it close, four minutes to go last night, down one, come all the way back, all the men on their side, making all the plays, all of a sudden they just can't make a play. And it's a turnover or it's back-to-back turnovers or, it's, you know, at, at Nevada it was back-to-back offensive rebounds again last night. Two, two possessions in a row where they gave up offensive rebounds that turned into five total points. I mean, those are just killers. And they're not making plays at the other end. They're not making shots. And it's just in those stretches of the game. It's not the rest of the game. It's with five minutes to go, seven minutes to go, three minutes to go, whatever it is. At Nevada, it was the final minute. And in the crucial part of the game, they're just not making plays. And that's just I, I don't know what it is. It's just this this little flaw in this team. And, and uh, it's just it's like if they played 100 more road games and sold out arenas at altitude, I think they'd lose all 100. I mean, in the same way. It's just that's who they are this season. But now in neutral courts and at home, they're undefeated. Yeah, and that's what you brought up in the article. I mean, when you get into the – other than the conference tournament being at Las Vegas, you know, pretty much everything postseason is always a neutral site game, and they seem to find a way there. Uh, so they, you know, that is something they can take with them. Was Jaden and Ladie a hundred percent healthy last night, Mark? He didn't look right. Came out of the game very early in each half, which I understand because of the altitude. But I mean, he seemed he willed his way to twenty three points last night. Yeah, you know, I asked Brian Dutcher about that. He did not indicate there were any kind of any kind of illness, anything along those lines. Um, he, um, I think, you know, sometimes with these guys, the altitude just gets to him. And I think it did last night. You know, maybe a little bit tired. Maybe he didn't get a good night's sleep. Um, but uh, he definitely was laboring. There was no doubt about it. I noticed it the first couple of plays down the floor, trying to run that defense. You know, they'll, they'll come back on defense and they'll be, you know, getting ready for the half-court set. And he's just gasping for air. And then he just sucks it up and plays. That said, I mean, he was incredible last night. And if if it wasn't for him, they would have they would have gotten blown out. Um, he didn't get any help other than you know, a couple guys off the bench. But from the rest of the starters, he, they gave him nothing. Mark Ziegler joins us here, Union Tribune, and, and Mark, you know the thing. I, I look at the stat sheet, and it's very rare that I see a team shoot fifty percent in one half and close to that in the second half. Was that more of a, a, a you know? 
Utah State hitting tough shots, or or was the defense a, a little a step behind last night? Well, it's always a step behind in altitude. I mean, I, I you know, if you don't tell me where they're playing and just show it to me, I can tell you immediately if they're in altitude or not. Mm. Um, it's just, it's not that guys are keeled over gasping for air. It's just, it looks like they're running in, in sand. Uh, and that's just how it is. And usually by this point of the season, they've, they've gotten used to it and they're a little right. bit better. This team, for whatever reason, has not made the same strides that other teams have late in the season, you know, playing multiple multiple games in, in altitude. Um, and so I think that was part of it. Uh, Utah State's not a great three-point shooting team, but, you know, they were great in their own building last night. And defensively, you know, let them take some threes. I think that was part of the game plan. They went under a lot of ball screens. Uh, Darius Brown hit a couple, um, or hit more than a couple, um, and he's usually not that type of shooter. So uh, I think it was a little bit of both, but it definitely was the difference in the game. Mark, uh, Lamont Butler, I mean, he's everybody's all-time favorite guy, and he's always going to be everybody's all-time favorite guy. They'll never be able to take away what he did. But how does he have a game like he did last night? It just didn't go his way. I mean, goose eggs in points and assists. I mean, to me, I, I don't think we'll ever see another game like that from Lamont Butler. It just, it, it just for whatever reason, didn't work. Did they take him out, or did he take himself out of it? They took him out. Um, I think, you know, I think they just realized he wasn't doing anything. I think it's hugely, hugely frustrating, if we're being candid, for a guy who's a senior to be that inconsistent. And and what's really, and we talked about this a little bit before, what's really bizarre about this team is you have such wild inconsistencies among individual efforts. Um, you know, some guys like Lamont will have a game where he'll score in the 20s, and then he'll have a game like he did last night where he just completely disappears. And that's just not him. That's everybody except Jay uh, Jalen B. I mean, he he's pretty much gives you what he can every night, and I think the refs kind of move him up or down in terms of scoring, uh, depending on how they're calling the game. But he he he's consistent. The rest of them are not. Yet the team is consistent. Yeah. The team's really good at home, pretty good in neutral floors, and really bad on the road. And and that's what's just kind of bizarre about this team. But yeah, that was, you know, that's something that maybe you expect from a freshman, maybe from a sophomore who hasn't played that much. Um, you're going to be have inconsistent moments but for a fourth year senior um who's had really good games at, at utah state in fact his breakout as a freshman was there when he had i think five steals in the game um and so he had good vibes in the building but I, I just don't know what happened and again maybe it was a little bit of the altitude um who knows what it was but it he did he wasn't there it's certainly a a interesting way to see it right the individual performances inconsistent but the team very consistent and maybe that's why they have struggled on the road is because you kind of need those things to happen for you on the road mark there's a lot of talk on the on on the broadcast last night about this conference and obviously they highlighted um, the five teams that currently sit well as it pertains to the tournament but there is a six team you mentioned UNLV that could be lurking I mean is there? Can you envision a scenario in which six teams actually get in to this conference into this tournament? Yeah, I mean, it, as crazy as that sounds, there's yeah. certainly that's that's in play. And and here's the scenario that no one's really talking about. But okay, let's you know, he does not have the metrics to get in as an at large. So it's the other six teams that would. But what happens if UNLV on its home floor finally puts it together and wins the conference tournament? Um, you know, they're talented enough. 
and they have the motivation because they know they're not going to the NCAA tournament otherwise. So what happens if, if they, if they win this thing, do they take seven teams? I mean, I, I can't envision that. I think the bottom team um, would drop out. And, and one thing that's going to happen between now and the end of the regular season is, you know, you have a bunch of teams with five losses right now, but they're going to play each other. And, if, if the results don't go just right, you're going to have a team with seven losses, maybe even a team with eight, but probably a team among that group with seven losses, and I think that team might be out um, unless their metrics are through the roof. So I tend to think it's going to be five, um, and one team will drop off. But, you know, just keep an eye on UNLV in that conference tournament, and that could be the absolute wild card among all wild cards. Mark Ziegler, I want to ask you one thing that I don't know that I've asked you before, but uh, it comes to mind uh, in the game last night watching uh, Reese Waters jawing a little bit with some of the fans there at Utah State. And you go to all of these uh, venues and see all of these fans. I mean, the pit. And and Utah State's fans are crazy and everywhere else. And San Diego State's fans, for their part, are remarkable. How do you kind of rate the fans in this conference who do you think is, I don't want to say the best, but where is the best atmosphere in the Mountain West Conference? What's the toughest in terms of opposing fans? Well, the best student section, I think, is Utah State. When they're, when they're in, you know, when they fill out their 4,000 seats and they were like they were last night. I mean, just the sheer size of it, it's, it's 40% of the arena. And, it, and they're organized. They're allowed. I wrote a little piece about what they do. They, they hand out a sheet before the game. It's got like bio information, um, Rick and really? the other team's players. Yeah, in, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll have it up online a little bit here later. I'll try to put a screenshot of it. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's really you know they have one one side of it is all their chants and their traditions. The other one you know went through five different players and it, you know it, one had a, like a, a QR code to a um, a Twitter page that had a ten year old picture of Darian Trammell in a suit at a wedding. <laughs> and, so they don't leave any and, stone and, unturned there. Another one had, oh yeah, they had uh, somehow they got a hold of Micah had somehow posted his cash app handle uh, for money transfers, and they said, God, wouldn't it be a shame if a whole bunch of people put in uh, money transfer requests to to Micah? So you know, you got students sitting around for an hour before the game holding their seat. I mean, how, they all have cell phones. I mean, how many of them did a cash app request to Micah? I mean, that's the kind of stuff they do. It's great there. The pit is great, and and one thing people have to realize is. College basketball today, just like college football, a lot of the crowds are shrinking. And in, in the Pac-12, except for Arizona, I mean, uh, maybe a couple games in Colorado, they are not full arenas at all. The Mountain West is kind of an aberration where Nevada sold out most nights, Utah State, New Mexico, Boise, San Diego State. Um, you know, those teams are all getting huge crowds. And it's, you know, don't take it for granted. It's really, really cool. And really special. And the one thing I want to say about Reese Waters, John Adam, um, whether you think that's a T or not, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that, Chris. But you saw on Friday night, Jalen House did that multiple times to the show, pointing at him, gesturing at him, swearing at him, um, screaming at him, no T. And the ref who called the T on Reese Waters is the same ref who ref the game in the pit with San Diego State. Uh, and would oh, not call a tee on yeah. uh, Jalen House for uh, yeah. basically high-stepping into the, the Aztecs bench. So I thought that was a little odd and a little inconsistent. It's very inconsistent. And I, I looked at that replay. I was trying to figure out what Reese did to get the technical, and it looked like he was just yelling back to the crowd saying, I made a shot. 
That's not a technical foul. So I, I don't know Apparently where Apparently he came. cursed, and, and he never curses. Yeah. Now, maybe it was because we were in Logan, Utah, and he cursed. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what. Maybe the standards are different. But look, would you call that? I no. mean, if you're in a, in a high school game, the guy curses at a, at a student section, you let I would go. honestly try to get up to him and say, you know, watch your mouth and, and give Keep a warning. Moving, yeah. Especially, I mean, so you can't tell me Jalen House didn't throw a curse word in somewhere in all of those celebrations. Oh. Hard to imagine. I heard him. I was sitting behind him. <laughs> there you go. All right, Mark. Well, thanks for everything, man. It's been a fun year, and it's going to get more fun as we go along, and uh, we love having you on. Thanks so much for uh, contributing today, and we'll catch up with you down the road. That was the famous Mark Ziegler. He is great. I rem- This morning when I texted him, he said, hey, I'm still out in Utah, and I'm not sure if I have good service, but let me give you a call right now and see if my service is okay. So he called me. Service was good. And he came back and he drove, or drove, and he joined the show. So thank you very much, Mark Ziegler. That does it for today's Gwen and Chris. Hope you enjoyed it. Stick around because we are going into the Scraby show, experience, chronicles, whatever you want to call it. And that's going to be happening here at 6 o'clock. So stick around. I'll be right back with you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.